Hey there. Uh, as a quick heads up, uh, we are aware that there's a small uh, problem with Gary's recording in this episode. Uh, it's a little bit clippy uh, for behind the scenes. We've recently changed the way we do recording, hopefully ultimately for the better, but there are growing pains. I've done my best to fix it here. It's not terribly pervasive, but it is it is present. Anyway, we would like to thank some people, people like Samtic. Ryan Stage, Philip Korn, Ben Stone King, and Lazard. All of these are people who have gone to patreon.com slash TV and kicked us some money. You can be like them and go to patreon.com slash TV and uh, help support this show, the network, etc. I think that's everything. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Children of Morta, which is an action roguelike developed by Dead Mage and published by 11-Bit Studios for the PC, PS4, Xbox, and Switch in 2019. Yeah. Uh, And this episode was executive produced by Julia. Thank you so much, Julia. Thank you, Julia. Uh, We appreciate you. It's a new kind of roguelike. I had never encountered one like this. Yeah. It has been a heavy year for us for roguelikes, mm-hmm. and I think that impacted both of our play yes. of this. Um, we're going to take a little break. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 uh, it's, uh, this is not like a super long game or anything like that, but it's like the uh, it, it's a weird thing because I'm the you know the the person who champions the roguelikes on the network. Yes, you know probably, and it's this thing where if I get into it, it's the easiest thing in the world, and I just want to you know, chug the, you know, the, the bottle that comes from the elemental plane of water. You know, I just want to drink from the fire hose. <laughs> yeah. But it, if something doesn't quite latch on with me the same way, it, I feel the same way. I end up feeling the same things you do about them generally. And yeah. I think the, the fatigue from this year is kind of what did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so this, this ends up being a game that like should be more my shit than it is. Like, I like it. I think that there's a lot of cool things about it. Mm-hmm. It didn't, monster train or darkest dungeon or isaac or gungeon me right uh, the way that maybe i would have wanted yeah and for me it's just like i find a lot to respect in this they take some swings um there are some mechanical and just kind of like let's say like for lack of a better word like meta things that make this a particularly difficult one to uh to to dive into with my psychology it's really really hard to feel like you're making progress even more so um, mm. and this is not a slot machine. 
um, in a way that other roguelikes we have done uh, before. This is more about like the slow, steady progression more than more than anything. And it just activates this part of me that feels like you're in one of those dreams where your legs don't work. <laughs> yeah. You're climbing up the stairs in nightmare Elm street. Yes. You know? Um, yeah. And then for me, a lot of, uh, my bounce off, this is, we're just getting first principles out of the way. Yeah, this is, yeah. It's silly. It feels like it's been a million years since we recorded, but it's because the weekend was a million years long. Yes. Um, <laughs> The uh, but it's it's a uh, getting those first principles out of the way. The mm-hmm. actual genre this merges with, mm-hmm. you know, like the thing that's attached to the roguelike is not my my thing. Yeah, uh, and it's not that action RPG is not. It's the kind of gauntlet Diablo style crowd control. Yes, action RPG is not really something I like that much in non roguelike games either. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, the kind of selling point of this is right in the logline though, um, because you do not play a character unless you play a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bergsons, you are tasked with guarding the land uh, around Mount Morta uh, as this corruption starts seeping into the land. Uh, kind of all-purpose corruption venom monsters are about. Yeah, you got venoms. Guard your mm-hmm. lobsters with your life. Um, I was mm-hmm. real happy when I was reading around about this that other people noted at least a conceptual similarity to Legacy of the Wizard. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's a real similar like that's the last game where you played as a family, uh, and we're going to talk about this at length a little bit later. But this integrates the idea of family better than I think most games. Oh yeah, do uh, in terms of being a game about family uh, where it matters both to the play and the narrative. I don't think this can be really be beat mm-hmm. uh, in that, which is noteworthy. Yeah, like even if it, it didn't end up landing as something that I thought was that fun to play, right. it is really respectable it's um it's it's a weirdly affecting coming of age story because like uh, you know outside of like a couple of characters uh not everybody is like a warrior at the beginning of this and the you know the team coming together and helping each other get up on their feet to uh get on you know get ready to take on this once in a few centuries challenge uh is strangely affecting and it's sold by the aesthetics in any way it's very yeah really soft-hearted yeah um so the play, this is a, a, a top-down RPG. Uh, you have a run-based structure. Uh, so there is, you know, quote-unquote permadeath. You you make a meta progression, but you die, and then you, you cannot continue there. Mm-hmm. You go back to base and start another run. Um, each character is a member of this family, and they have different abilities that they can use to fight these enemies. Um, you go through a few floors, you get to the zone's boss, and then you go back. Yes. Um, in the basic story mode, you are not trying to get through the entire game on one run, mm-hmm. uh, where you kind of accumulate that katamari of power. Right. Uh, like you do in a Gungeon or Isaac. Um, my understanding is there is a mode that does that. Mm-hmm. But we were playing the story mode primarily because we wanted to learn about this family and get yes. those reveals as they were meted out. Yeah. Uh, there are three areas uh, in the game, roughly corresponding to like three chapters, and there are different zones inside of it. Uh, so roughly like nine total biomes uh, uh, to go through. It's nice that this is not a start at the beginning, get all, get all the way to the end, because uh, that would be massive. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know how I, you would do that with this. People do it. Uh, it's, yeah. it's a weird thing. I, I guess this is worth putting out on Front Street. I'm pretty crappy at this game. I'm not very good at this. Um, yeah. <laughs> part, part of my part, part of my hassle was kind of I, I couldn't solve survivability. I never really felt like I was able to like you know effectively dodge. I, I always felt like I was at a healing deficit. I like I, I really wished for like pickups that I could deploy. It's a. Uh, it's because to me. It, the the way that you deal with that and mitigate that in this game is through 
kind of crowd controlled Diablo like tactics. Yes. Of kiting and falling back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up getting the hang of that. Uh, the thing that made me feel bad about this was uh, underperforming on bosses and, you know, just fucking up, making mistakes in that tactic. Like, yeah. I understood what it was asking of me. Uh, I just kind of eventually, you know, never quite clicked with it. A, you know, a, that kind of defensive move. I was able to get it for some characters and not for others. Part of the thing mm-hmm. that eventually unlocked specifically the melee characters for me was realizing that you could do this entirely uh, unintuitive thing, which is move away from a crowd, but still face them and attack while you're running away uh, while swiping your swords and stuff. I think you can do that with all but one character. Um, the monk does his little dash when you attack, but like, yeah, once I figured the, uh, that out, you know, the mage can't move and fire either. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, but the two, yeah, the two of them cannot do it. Yeah. But yeah, you, you, you're always want to be moving away from enemies mm-hmm. uh, in this game because they are kind of horde based. And it's weird because um, the first character they give you gives you a shield and a shield implies not that kind of play. <laughs> <laughs> and when it's also it's weird because i was reading online and people are like yeah the shield's very effective mm. and i just always found staying there blocking just meant my stamina bar would go down and i'd get hit yeah like the, uh, the thing that worked for me there was you don't have to be pointing at the threat to block it is just an overall damage reduction that is up for you yeah you can <laughs> block and and set up it's it's interesting yeah um we're going to talk about the individual characters which is like like any roguelike that's half the episode mm-hmm. basically um as they get revealed because they're they're made it out slowly and in a very specific order mm-hmm. um but we can talk generally about what the game feels like mm-hmm. um each character has a main attack uh you have special attributes or like an attack uh, that's governed by the stamina bar uh, or mana bar kind of depending on which character you are mm-hmm. um other attacks, uh, other than your main attack, will not only take that bar, but will also have a, a cooldown yeah. attached to it. Um, and the uh, the way that you heal in this game is you find health potions. Yeah. It's not something that uh, characters come... You don't start out with Estus. Uh, you have to find pickups. And it, it's very Gungeon 1.0 mm-hmm. in scarcity of health. Yeah. It really makes things like um, like luck pretty important. Um, and you end up really coveting those red pickups and cursing the gods when it's a rage bottle instead of a, uh, instead of a health bottle. Yeah. Uh, they stick around on the floor, which is great. Um, mm-hmm. you can, you can go back to them and they're marked on the map. Yeah. Uh, so you can go back to them. Um, which, that's very good. And yeah. I had runs where the healing was generous. Mm-hmm. Like it, it can work out that for, for you. That's the slot machine part of this Yeah, is whether you're getting the pickups that you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there are indirect attributes you can get and pump up that will uh, mitigate damage. Uh, this is one of the ways you deal with that. Uh, dodge and armor both end up being really important as you build up your family traits. Like I prioritized getting to those. Dodge is like, okay, a thing that it, like it would hit you, the projectile or the weapon did you know hit at that price point it can hit. Um, but it says, okay, well, you, you dodge this so you don't take any damage from it. Um, and then your armor is like overall damage reduction. Um, yeah. that can, you know, some characters build it up, some have it just innate certain pickups will pump that things like that. Yes. Uh, and then you can do a dodge roll, which is called evading in this, um, characters get different amounts of kind of dodge nodes, like charges of the yeah. dodge roll. Um, I like the way the UI is done with this. It's right yes. on your character. Yeah. Um, as a little kind of smiley, like a tiny little Ethan Hawk in the black phone. <laughs> smiley face that's under your character at all times yeah. it's, it's really smart like like all of those little things it's a little bit like um like the curse of monkey island badge 
that shows mm. up because you're always you're always going to want to be looking at your cursor, you know. So like, why would yeah. I go down to the go go down to the bottom? The amount of information that is shown around your character is real. Um, it, yeah, that's a good uh, that's a good move on their part. It's a it's a weird thing to say this as the biggest upside to it, but they're big. Mm-hmm. Like it feels like they they chose readability over aesthetics, and that yeah. like it doesn't look bad. It does look artificial and mm-hmm. UI though. Yeah, and historically when i've seen things that are like the number of pips you have as a dodge it's like a tiny dot yeah you know uh it's big this is you can't not see it yes uh, and since you're constantly keeping your eyes locked on your character it's really good mm-hmm. um the ui in this game in general i think is really good yeah um the uh so you do you have this dodge roll different characters are more dodge focused mm-hmm. than others and different characters have different modifiers they can put on their dodge roll yeah um as you fight, you get these pickups. You know, we mentioned health pickups are the ones that I, I most wanted, but you also get pickups that increase your rage meter. When this is full, each character has kind of an ultra mode that makes them more effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are very funny <laughs> to me because they they make tons of sense when they're like, oh, the archer fires arrows fast. And then the mage turns into a levitating fire elemental that shoots lasers. <laughs> Uh, it, it kind of clashes with some of the tone of how bit. like grounded and, and, you know, sweet this is, but it's, you know, it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, this doesn't drain on its own or anything. It's not that kind of rage meter, mm-hmm. um, where this failed for me is it ran into, uh, it's the rare thing that put me straight in the too good to use syndrome. I yeah. was always like, I need to save a full bar of rage for the boss. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, I, so I almost never used it. I need this for emergencies, neglecting that, you know. I could use it now Survival and have it was an emergency. Uh, yeah, I could I could use it now and then have it full back up by the, by the time I get in trouble again. Yep. And and again that's not on the game, that's on me. Yes. Uh, I kept trying to break myself of that habit and it was difficult mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. So it's it's maladaptive. Um uh, you get uh, multiple items, you know, different uh, different uh, things you can pick up uh that uh will alter your run uh to varying degrees. Uh there are divine graces. These are like passive power-ups. What's this like in Isaac? Uh, just a passive item just a passive item uh you get uh divine relics uh like these are special attacks uh that'll like an active uh, item yeah that'll, that'll go on a uh, uh like a cooldown um it's it's weird split between those are like summons so like you can sometimes get like a passive option that'll come with you sometimes you can get one that you actively summon to help you out for a short amount of time they tend to be very powerful yeah because uh, they split aggro we'll talk about how this game has a co-op element to it mm-hmm. and a lot of my you know i really wanted to try it co-op i never got a chance to yeah uh, before we recorded but i was curious to see how that felt mm-hmm. um you also get charms uh, these are consumables uh, potions and things uh, unlike a lot of roguelikes some of these are permanent mm-hmm. effects so you get a charm and it's like uh lower the amount of damage you do but increase your max health mm-hmm. um and you get to choose when to deploy this yeah. since it's a potion. Um, the biggest thing to most, uh, the biggest corollary to most roguelikes passive items are runes in this game. And they're very specific in this is that they are limited power-ups. Um, you get a rune and it modifies one of your character's attacks. This will run out. Yeah. Uh, this has a little meter mm-hmm. on your UI and you'll use all the juice. It's yeah. a lot like uh, playing a light gun game in the arcade and getting a shotgun or a, you know, a rapid fire or a spread gun or something. Yeah. Um, they're certainly lost on death, but they're even lost before that. If you shoot a lot, mm-hmm. um, they just, they tick down. Yeah. Um, there are also shrines, which give you a temporary benefit, like a temporary, uh, non-active, mm-hmm. like passive upgrade. Yeah. Uh, learning to save these and n- not just activate them when I first found them was pretty important. Like don't just use it now, run and see if the next thing that you're going to be dealing with will like benefit from this. 
um, and then make your decision. Which, which in a weird way for me contributes to a web of unsatisfying kind of pacing to the game because you're, you're meant to really explore these levels yeah, um, and take them slower and more tactically than you might expect uh, while they're not that interesting to explore. Yeah. So I wanted to save my obelisk for when I would need them, mm-hmm. but I, it wasn't that fun just to go through these mazes. These, um, these fe- featureless mazes of hallways and nodes. Um, yeah. yeah. And you know, maybe there's going to be a special event room possibly, uh, that you, that you run into want to talk about that because when we say like, Hey, you really, you really want to explore, uh, these places. That's not just like to find the treasure rooms or the shops, um, because of how scant the pickups are, what you're going to be doing is constantly looking for destructibles, barrels, and you know, whatever counts as a barrel in that, uh, in that biome, because your pickups might possibly be in there as well. Yes. Yeah. It it just kind of it, yeah, it contributes to this this pace of play. Yeah. You know, that that feels a little bit uh strange to me. Um and you can get to the point with these with these uh shrines where you're saving them for the end uh and you save them and you just stumble upon the last room. <laughs> so they just get wasted. Um I don't know how to solve that. Right. Like I don't know what the uh you know, maybe make these last for a floor. Yeah, yeah I don't think that would be overpowered. Make, um, make fewer of them because, like, there are several on a on a floor. They're real generous. Yeah, even yeah. though that is also a random thing, and these have random effects. So, like, critical chance, XP gain. Yeah, uh, the full heal one is very powerful, especially mm-hmm. when you're just starting out. Um, and that's the one that makes the most sense to to save. Yeah, but it's a bummer when you get to the end of a stage and you left an XP gain mm-hmm. obelisk. Like, you can bring it into the next stage, but. The early, the beginning of the next stage is going to be slower. There's fewer enemies. You're not going to be like in the shit, right? And it's not going to last until you get to the boss. Yeah, you know, you, know, you can make these last longer by upgrading. Uh, you know, go from like 20 seconds up to I think like a little bit around a minute, uh, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. The way time passes in games is weird. I can't decide if you know the saving obelisk problem is a me problem or if that's a game problem. I don't. I, I'm not. I am not eager to assign blame to the game on that because that me, might just me, follow under the rage problem yeah it's it's like children are more text thing yeah for me like where like a lot of this stuff i could tell it was thoughtfully designed it just wasn't it's it's honestly just genre mm-hmm. thing i just don't like this kind of gauntlet like action arpg very much yeah you know uh so it's it's not that's not children and Morta's fault mm-hmm. uh this is you know our show has always been a blend of criticism and just experiential kind of experiential kind of let's playism yeah. and i think that this episode is going to you know, kind of tilt towards that ladder. Yeah. Um, just because, you know, again, I don't, I don't blame children and murder for this. Like this <laughs> clearly works for people. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Um, so your, uh, your meta progression, uh, is, uh, tied to a couple of different things. Um, one is your XP gain. So characters level up and they keep those levels. Uh, the second one is gold, which you accumulate, uh, throughout the run and it, it stays, it doesn't disappear on death. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use this to buy upgrades, um, at your family cottage, two types, uh, one that kind of directly affects your avatar and then one that kind of, uh, meta affects. So like the thing that makes shrines last longer, uh, is one type of, yeah. you know, upgrade. And the thing that gives you more health or makes you do more damage is another type. Yeah. And very specifically, these apply to the whole family. Yes. So though, you know, your character, individual character will level up, uh, but you can also buy these universal upgrades for everyone. I think that that is a really good system. I, I love the way that progressing one person will help everybody else. I like the way the, that it, yeah, good. 
or I was going to say, and, and even on top of that, the way that it works with um, their skills mm-hmm. that do that, that's incredible. Yeah. Like that's the innovation of this game, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's a nice little resonance between play and a uh, play and theme, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, a, re- a really good one, mm-hmm. I think. Um, you know, it, the, uh, We'll talk about let's talk about the chest economy afterwards because we already yeah. kind of transitioned into this. Mm-hmm. Um, in your skill tree for your characters, you have they're pretty limited. No. Um, your characters have just a couple different special moves uh, that are outside of items, but the big thing is at certain breakpoints um, at a certain level, you get a passive upgrade that happens for everyone. Yeah, um, this is really cool. This uh, both ties in that theme, like the strength of one is the strength of all. Mm-hmm. Uh, these characters are learning from each other. They're supporting one another. It also uh, is the more subtle of the two forms of encouraging you to switch up your characters mm-hmm. in this, uh, which I am of mixed feelings about. Uh, I admire, but then also some characters I never got a handle on. Yeah. No. Um, you know, I didn't want to grind them up. Like that would have been the answer would have been like, okay, take Kevin <laughs> to the first level and just have him train for a while to get his passes for everyone else. Yeah. I, like, I don't want to play the place. Kevin, I don't like Kevin. <laughs> you uh, can't make me play with Kevin. He's a little shit. Like I, I just, <laughs> he's a little guy. I don't like him. Uh, I never figured him out. Yeah. The, the, the way this worked for me was when I, whenever I got to a new area, I would um, do at least one, one run um with my backbench in order to uh get a ton of easy xp uh for them yeah. you know so like i would die super quick but you know you level up faster because you're the, fighting tougher in stuff late game areas yeah. yeah um there's an in dungeon economy with chest mm-hmm. in this and gemstones these are random drops uh you can get family traits that allow you to start with some of them mm-hmm. um they're basically keys uh, they're either used uh, on one to use on a chest that either has money or some consumables in it, or you use them at a shop that will show up in a dungeon, which is, it took me a while to figure out that that is the more baller move mm-hmm. to save them for the shop because you can get actual items. Yeah, you can make your, uh, you can you can actually make a choice as opposed to rolling the dice on it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, uh, this, this, this was fine. Um, you, you have to unlock the shop uh, in the first, uh, in the first area. Uh, so you're not going to get access to that right away. Um, and there are a couple of other uh, like ways you can do. There's like runesmiths that will um, uh, craft and customize the runes. Then there's like a black market. Um, and I had never determined how the black market worked differently. Yeah. Some of the stuff you won't necessarily run into it. It's yeah. random when you get it. Yeah. Um, we mentioned how they encourage you to swap up your characters. Uh, you know, they do that through having them have those breakpoint family-wide skills they do it through having them have a varied kind of move set you know so you want to check them out and then they have a mechanic called corruption fatigue um if you use a character too many times in a row uh they get something called corruption fatigue it lowers their maximum health yeah so you need to swap to somebody else um i've mixed feelings about this like this is something that if you're going to set out to play this as a completionist and just level everyone up Mm -hmm. like this is no problem yeah right like uh, but for me as somebody who, you know, typically in these roguelike games, like if I'm trying to get a 20 hour experience out of them and get through them, mm-hmm. I pick the character whose playstyle matches mine the best. Yeah. I don't consider all the playstyles equal, mm-hmm. you know, even if they're balanced, they're not equally fun to me. Yeah. So what this meant was I had to abandon, you know, my characters who I liked like Linda um, you know, and, and, and the mage character in order to just spend some, some time in the sword and shield or monk zone yeah. doing worse. <laughs> yeah. You know? Pretty, pretty much the same. This is, I, you know, I would prefer the carrot over the stick with this. 
you know? Yes. Uh, just like, uh, uh, give me, give me a bonus for using somebody else as opposed to, as opposed to punishing me for kind of leaning for on, yeah, for leaning on one person. When we talk about selecting different characters, I think it's super important that you say that it's more about like which character matches your, matches your moveset. Um, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe certain characters would do better in different, you know, against different kind of bosses. There are definitely bosses that discourage ranged. There are bosses that discourage melee, but generally you're not like saying, okay, I'm going to this particular biome. I absolutely need Kevin for this. Kevin, you're, you're here you come. You're in. Yeah. Put me in coach. Yeah. Teen Wolf. <laughs> Hit the hoops. It, it's a, it's not a, that's a big problem I have with the levels of this. Yeah. Um, is that the end? I don't feel like there's enough enemy variety in terms of their moveset. Yes. Like there, there are, you know, it's not just guys who rush you, mm-hmm. but it's, oh, there always includes guys who rush you. Always includes guys know? who rush you always includes archer types who will post up yeah. always includes like flying enemies who will, uh, uh, kind of be a little bit more like, uh, environmental, um, uh, challenges than anything. Yeah. And, and the different biomes do have a different palette and then do have, you know, some, some signature enemies yeah. to them. Uh, but in general, it was hard for me to match a character build to what would be the most efficacious to dealing with a thousand dudes walking at me. <laughs> um, I find uh, throughout the entire game, I never found peace with how many enemies this game throws at you. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not somebody who generally gets jazzed cutting through a lot of guys. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, the Muso games don't do anything for me. I don't, I don't find volume mm-hmm. uh, that exciting in games. And they have multiple mechanics in this, not only to consistently send to con- tons of guys at you, but there's a backtracking mechanic mm-hmm. uh, that I really hate where enemy corpses will spawn venoms at you. And it just, I, this is either to, you know, make it exciting to backtrack or to keep the pressure on. Yeah. Uh, I did not like the tension that created with the fact that the game to be efficient, they wanted me to explore the whole level. Yeah. Um, those just never worked well together for me. Yeah. To, 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 to my sensibility, you end up with um, something where the game is working against itself in a couple of different ways, that anonymity of space. Um, and to a certain degree, like anonymity of enemies and no real concern for actual like designed encounters, you know, like mm-hmm. we're going to put these, these, the, the, this combination of enemies in this room, you know, as a possibility for this, it's, it's fine if you lose some of, you know, some of that sense of identity if there is the slot machine, you know, that motivates me and makes me not care that I'm going around a gungeon level. That's a bunch of blocks. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you have the anonymity plus them expecting you to be really thorough and, you know, invest a lot of attention into the actual nature of the space when it's just tunnels. And it's just a very anonymous. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. hard to grab, grab onto visually. Like if you put a gun to my head, I could not map a level. Yeah. In this, but I could make one that effectively could be. Yes. You know, I, cu- I couldn't recall one, mm-hmm. but you could improvise one. No problem. Yeah. So it's just kind of uh, half in, half out in a couple of different buckets. And it's like, I, yeah, they're like this, this, this is, this is pulling like this, the, the, it's the pieces are pulling apart for me or there's a dissonance here that I, that, that I wish was not present. The, um, something you made that comparison to Gungeon. I'm not trying to convince you of this, but I want to make you know, as somebody with my, ro- my rogue, mm-hmm. like bonafides, rec- you know, underline the difference. So if people are listening to this and they know Gungeon, 
Uh, Gungeon is a series of rooms connected by hallways. The hallways have no enemies in them. Mm-hmm. The rooms, therefore, can be designed yes. um, for approach. So a Gungeon level will have, you know, I don't know, like 100 room layouts it chooses from, but those room layouts will be designed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a table here. There's a table here. Here's a funnel. There's a ranged enemy here that has a, a moat around him. So if you want to get to him, uh, get up close to him or get his treasure, you have to dodge roll over it, etc. This game is rooms are only shops and story nodes. Everything is hallways. Yes. In this. So you're not, uh, and the, the way dungeon deals with, or dungeon as well, uh, deals with backtracking is they just let you teleport. Yes. Like, so, so you never, enemies don't respawn because you don't have to go back through areas. You've already mm-hmm. cleared. Yeah. It's more methodical. This is something where it's all hallways. So it doesn't have that encounter design element. Uh, very little of this, f- like combat in this other than the bosses feels design designed yeah um it's just a craggly little hallway with a thousand venoms coming at you mm-hmm. it's gauntlet you know it's 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 diablo yeah uh it and when you go into a room that is not a place for combat usually like there's sometimes there's waves you know of combat you'll deal with sometimes there are special combat rooms mm-hmm. but it feels very different than gungeon yeah in that respect to me um far less designed or less designed than isaac isaac does the same thing like yeah. the room's have an enemy layout, uh, like a room layout and an enemy composition that is authored. Yes. This game does not feel like it does that. And I think that's incredibly key to an action roguelike. Agreed. At least my enjoyment of one. Yeah. I don't know how you throw in the Diablo approach, you know, of dealing with swarms of enemies as opposed to anything else into a, into a design space. I just know that for me and the, what I like about these games, what I want is not necessarily present. And that gets into like the bummer of exploration as well. You know, we talk we talked pretty recently about the problem of JRPG dungeons again. Something we harp on, but it's definitely true. When I got to uh, crossroads in this, where you know one room, multiple different little craggly hallways that went off of it, I did not feel the um, you know the the call of exploration to say it in a cheesy yes. way. I just kind of felt like fuck. I know the first one that I go to is going to be the way out, and then I'm going to have to go backtrack down all of them. There was no yep. there was no joy in shoes which way i was going to go because it was kind of going to be the same thing whichever way i went that, that's a i mean that's a really good way to put it and it's it's to me it, it is a pretty serious flaw like it's something that i really look for in a game mm-hmm. um my my favorite thing is that joy of exploration yeah. and if it's missing like it just feels like i am kind of crossing things off a list yeah you know i would get to those those branch points go down one even if it wasn't the one that was the exit it's like well i gotta clear this because there yeah. might be something there there's in general in children and morta there's a low density yeah of uh treats mm-hmm. so on any individual floor you know we talk about getting those items getting those divine relics and things they are less generous yeah. with them than some some other games um you know you play a gungeon again gungeon has two treasures per floor and the chance to drop whole treasures everywhere this game will usually have like it has a treasure room mm-hmm. there sometimes the extra room will give you a treasure uh there but a lot of times like you can fail it and fuck it up yeah. and very very occasionally you can get an actual high value permanent for your run treasure just out in the hallways yeah uh but it feels very rare mm-hmm. to do that like this this game does not have that uh empowerment yeah kind of feel to it there are really good treasures you can get and mm-hmm. there are kind of synergies you can get to where they work together in a fun way they just don't happen that often so you don't see them very often yeah a density problem is a good way to is a good way to describe it i think 
very dense with enemies. Mm-hmm. Not very dense with anything else. <laughs> D- dense with enemies, not dense with incident. Yes. You know, uh, there are traps um, and kind of little, uh, you know, there are traps you trigger and there are traps that trigger on you mm-hmm. um, in in the dungeon. These add a little bit of variety. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also elite enemies. Um, there are summoners. Uh, I hate these fucking things. <laughs> you get a little message as soon as. So the way that this game, the rhythm of this game works, I'm always fighting a crowd of dudes, mm-hmm. basically constantly. In trying to make inroads to make progress, you move forward a little bit. If you see a summoner, you'll get a little message that says, maybe you can stop the summoning circle. Mm-hmm. But I'm still dealing with dudes because I'm constantly being harangued by dozens and dozens of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't stop and focus fire on these guys, um, which means they always summon their elite dickhead. Yeah. You know, unleash the elite dickhead, says the coach. <laughs> and thus we take state. Um, <laughs> um they just drove me fucking nuts i could never counter them yeah yeah Uh, it it made me think that this was a co-op thing Mm -hmm. like we didn't play this in co-op the game has a lot of stuff that's designed for co-op there are a lot of skills there's a character who's basically a co-op character Mm -hmm. um we didn't play it that way but it's not just the characters and the skills that are designed for that it feels like a lot of juggling your attention is designed for multiple characters yeah if you get to one of those conjuring circles playing co-op i can imagine saying hey go take care of that circle i'll hold these guys off mm-hmm. you know or uh my favorite character in this linda who's the archer uh one of her ultimate skills is if she stays still while fighting her damage goes up mm-hmm. if you're playing single player you can never do this oh no like it, it is always a death sentence so it just ends up being a worthless skill without somebody to draw aggro yeah you know the the single player and multiplayer are not really gracefully integrated yeah in this which again if it's meant to be a co-op game isn't the game's fault i'm glad they included a single player version but (laughs) it did end up making you know the skill that i wasted some time on the skill that looked really cool with before Mm -hmm. realizing i could not use this yeah this will never work there are some like tenuous synergies that it can do with other skills that she has but but yeah there 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 were a couple things that ended up working that way with different characters and it's like oh yeah i i need to make sure i'm designing this character for uh for single yeah. yeah. Yep, yep. Um, so the kind of incident rooms, we talked about treasure rooms, um, story event rooms give you a little story bit that usually will advance meta progression. You unlock the merchant, you unlock the pet uh, system, yeah. um, which we'll, we'll talk about as well. Um, the other ones are kind of games of chance almost that you go through. There's like a mob trap room. Um, there's a memory thing. You have four buttons to press and you have to press them in the right order. Uh, there's a slot machine, you know, random chance. And then there's pong of the gods. Weird, (laughs) weird, uh, uh, which is you controlling this, you know, hyper light drifter esque techno Aztec pong paddle, Mm -hmm. uh, with a slight variation on pong where you want to hit your opponent's paddle. Yeah. Um, it's fine. <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I didn't hate it when these things came up and it was cool because it was an extra item. Uh huh. And they're not that hard, but like it wasn't that engaging, I think. Yeah. I, I eventually didn't have the patience for them because it wasn't hard enough. Yeah. But I, I couldn't pass them up because I needed that item. I want that item. Gotta have that item because they're Give rare. Me. Yeah. You know, and that that's the, you know, <laughs> success and failure in a roguelike a lot of times is about how much, like, power up or item you accumulate mm-hmm. during a run this game has uh, avatar strength passive avatar strength in those family-wide upgrades but you're still going to live and die based on what you find in a dungeon yeah yeah 
aesthetically, uh, I think the music in this is pretty good. Um, yeah. you know, it just some, some nice earworms in there. Uh, it's neat how the music will dynamically change when you go into different rooms. You know, you, mm-hmm. you can tell when you walk in, even before you see the, the merchants, uh, you know, uh, entourage that you're in a, a shop room, things like that. Pretty good. Uh, I think this is a gorgeous game. Uh, the sprite yeah. work in this is really good, especially the sprite animation. It, it reminds me of, um, sword and sorcery. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, it looks really, really good. There is, mm-hmm. uh, just so much personality that comes out of these little character sprites, mm-hmm. uh, for not having very many pixels to them. Yeah. They do a really good job. Um, and I actually really like, you know, the, the story itself, if you just plot out the narrative is no great shakes. Mm-hmm. It's basically what if God got upset and went to family court? <laughs> um, you know, what, what, if, what, if, like, what if, you know, shitty toxic masculine God, uh, got upset about a kid. And then it all worked out in the end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's like the story itself ended up being a little bit disappointing to me in terms of the plot. What I think actually works really well, though, is that theming of family shit. Yes. Um, the characters are all really well sketched. You do run into the like, they're good, but noble. Yeah. But it's sold with this kind of warmth. Uh, a lot of it coming through the narration. Yeah. Uh, this is one of those narrated games and the, the Bastion and Darkest Dungeon you know, uh, narration mold, mm-hmm. uh, that's really good. Um, just absolutely infinite amounts of heart Yes, that come through and talking about this family. And it's really like, I'm not somebody who has a huge connection to family, mm-hmm. but it, even my icy cold dead heart got reached <laughs> by the idea of like rooting for these guys, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, I love them. Like they're, yeah. they're sweethearts. It's a good little cast of characters. I want them to, I want things to go well for them. Uh, something that I think sells this really well is, uh, weirdly your home base. So, uh, it, it, it's your menu, right? In between runs, you go back and you have this kind of, uh, bird's eye view of the cottage where this entire family lives. It's and a mansion. It's a mansion. It's a cottage yes. mansion. It's a cottage mansion. Uh, <laughs> absolute dream, like dream yeah. home. Oh stuff. yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, you've got your rooms that are, um, you've got your rooms that are functional, right? The, uh, the, the, the forge, the, uh, the, the, the lab where you can do your upgrades and stuff, but like ambiently you can see characters just kind of doing their thing and you'll see like little snippets of dialogue of them just kind of like talking to each other. And it's always very charming. Uh, um, in addition to, you know, when you end a run and come back, uh, something will often trigger to where you, uh, end up uh, getting a cutscene that advances something about the meta, you know, gets you closer to unlocking a character. You get word of one of them, you know, coming on their way to help, you know, stuff like that. Um, you can also, as you're going around, just find these little nodes to see individual scenes. Um, yes. And all of that, you know, kind of incident that is non-mandatory, but just kind of there in the margins, combined with the super expressive art and animation, really go a long way to making this whole cast of characters pretty endearing. Yeah, it's it's fairly impeccable yeah. on that level. You know, uh, you can also, as you're going through these areas, find souvenirs yeah. of your adventures that uh, end up being placed in the home. And it's really like lived, lived in and homey mm-hmm. um, on every level, like the theme, the lighting. Yep. It's just very calming and stuff. Like it it is a really great expression of the platonic ideal of a home. Yeah. In a game. Um weird thing to say, but it's got huge, you know, like big time Majula. Yeah. You know, just like very like great hub world. Mm-hmm. Great cozy hub zone. Yeah. You know. Um the story is kind of revealed in these cutscenes, you know, as you mentioned. Um, they kind of come 
these are triggered by advancement or deaths. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, and they're kind of just trickled out. So it's, it's kind of less important exactly when they happen. Yeah. It's more that you just kind of get them, you know, as you play. Uh, and these are meted out well. Yes. Uh, the, the pace in which these happen, I think is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is quicker pace than Hades. Yeah. You know, if you go to Hades, you spend, you talk to everybody when you get back and give them all a wine to get more dialogue. Like that takes a lot longer Mm -hmm. than this. That to me felt like a pacing killer. Um, This is a lot snappier. Yes. Than that. Yeah. Um, Good stuff. Uh, Let's talk about um, uh, development. So this is a Kickstarter game. Uh, Dead Mage launched Mm -hmm. the Kickstarter in January of 2015. They had already started working on a little bit of development. You know, it was a small team, started at five, greeted to 18 over the uh, over the course of the project and it you know pretty clear their goal was to try and make you know mix a narrative game with a roguelike structure just like hey can we can we make that happen yeah uh the initially you know they wanted to do this and they stumbled upon the family idea partway through development it was not always part of the game yeah. uh, making all the characters uh, part of the same family mm-hmm. um there is a uh, postmortem online that talks about how their challenges were avoiding this ludonarrative dissonance with the setup that they had uh, and making a good user experience without anybody on the team who uh, specialized in that. Yeah. And I think the user experience, you know, in terms of UI and everything is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the game got lots of updates after release, including um, this late edition of online co-op. Uh, again, neither of us fucked with that. Uh, yeah. You know, it might make a big difference. Um, hopefully it does. Mm-hmm. And then there are DLCs uh, that came out, uh, Paws and Claws, um, after, uh, does this passive upgrade mechanic through animals. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a little uh, pet shack where all the animals live together <laughs> uh, in peace, uh, creating bold new breakfast. Like, like there's sausage inside the egg when you open it, that kind of thing. Um, you find pet food either regular or fancy. Uh, and then you give these pets, it fills up their meter. Depending on how high their love meter is, you get a passive upgrade, mm-hmm. which will, and the love meter will slowly decline as you go on runs. Yeah. So you want to keep these guys topped off, but it's just another thing you get to choose. Yeah. Um, for a passive bonus, mm-hmm. um, that's somewhere between, you know, lasts for multiple runs, but is not permanent. Yes. It's somewhere between a rune and a, uh, like a blacksmith upgrade. Yeah. It's basically just free meta progression as long as you can manage it. And, you know, this folds the, uh, the treats into the pickup economy, which is not yeah. necessarily a, you know, huge problem. It's like a medium value pickup. I, I have no idea if it affected the pickup economy because um, I didn't play before the DLC. So maybe health pickups were m- more common I before this got a spot on the slot machine. Yeah. So uh, somebody who had played it from launch would know that. Um, I did not. It didn't end up bugging me. Mm-hmm. Um, but who knows? Like, who knows if those low value pet foods I was finding would have been a critical healing potion? Yeah. You know, otherwise. Don't know. Uh, the other DLC is called ancient spirits. This is mostly challenge runs. There's like uh there's challenge mode stuff, uh, in this game and this introduced a new character, but I, I, I admit to not, not my fucking with that. This is uh, a pawn, uh, is the character is introduced. Um, oh, I, is... I used her quite a bit. She's in the main story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's the one. Okay. Yeah. So that's, that's the character got added with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the non family member. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. See, there you go, Cole. Hey. You did. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't do any of the challenge runs because I, you know, it's, it's, it's not in me, you know? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't care to challenge run. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't do that on roguelikes I love, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a general sense. Yeah. So. Um, so this studio, Dead Mage, they're currently working on, working on an RPG called Tale of the Ronin. 
can't find any like gameplay footage but uh if the if the art and animation that i'm seeing is the actual style it will at least be extremely striking visually it's like a uh mm-hmm. real cool like water brush calligraphy style um yeah yeah there, there's uh it's on steam like you know to be to be wishlisted mm-hmm. and there are things in the trailer that may be gameplay mm-hmm. uh and there are things that definitely are that are kind of like menu based visual novel stuff yeah. it looks like a turn-based uh side-scrolling combat thing uh, huh. where you're choosing moves from a menu hmm. it's interesting looking yeah um you know and i think they're trying to keep that that heart yeah. uh focus on the human side of the samurai and mm-hmm. the role the role of their personal emotions and their adventures in combat cool so yeah maybe yeah. i i don't know uh like who knows like yeah. this this didn't make me think like I will play anything this dev makes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think this game is neat. I had fun with it, mm-hmm. like a, a degree of fun, but like I said, it didn't, it didn't catch me. Yeah. And just you know? the, the, this is one, it didn't suffer for a deadline, but it definitely suffered for being in a, um, in a year in a corridor with a bunch of games kind of, kind of similar to it. So I'll cop to that. We, we even space it out Yeah, for this. When, when Julia reached out to us about doing this, we were like, Hey, do you mind if we do this a little bit later in the year? Mm-hmm. Um, so we can give ourselves some space between roguelikes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, yeah, it's still just, I think, I think for me, it's more just the game, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, not the meta, none of the roguelike elements, the actual genre of what I'm doing feet on the floor, yeah. not being my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's do. Uh, we get uh, an opening cutscene and a tutorial where we kind of uh, get the inciting incident. Uh, we get a view of this mountain beyond a distant forest and kind of this darkness overtaking everything. And this is a uh, this is a nightmare that uh, kind of the family matriarch, uh, Grandma Margaret, is uh, is having. Yeah, one thing I really like about this game is even the family members who don't go out on adventures mm-hmm. uh, are very key. Yes. So Grandma Margaret uh, is not like a tertiary character. No. Um, she's always held up as very important, even though you don't actually ever play as her. Mm-hmm. Um, she has this nightmare. She wakes up uh, and rushes out to this huge tree that's by the cabin to visit the shrine of Rhea Dana uh, at the base of it. This is one of the gods or demigods or something in the yeah. mythology of this. Yeah. Rhea, like Rhea is the earth. Rhea Dana is like the, it's the daughter of the earth, like a Christ-like kind of deal. Yeah, like yeah. It's, uh, some kind of uh, spirit, yes. spirit god thing. Uh, the monument won't respond to her, though. Uh, so she walks to go look at the mountain, wondering if it's beginning again. Yeah. You know, quote, unquote. It's uh, this happening is a, again. <laughs> yeah, one of those things. Like every hundred years, you got to put away the evil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and her son, John, uh, kind of the family patriarch, he sent off uh, to investigate this. And we get a very sweet, um, get a very sweet scene of everybody giving them, giving him something for the journey and like a little life gem here. Here's your, here's your shield. And it gets to his young, you know, the youngest daughter, Lucy, because, you know, and she gives him a hug and it's like, and she gave him a reason to come back. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's sweet. <laughs> it's very sweet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is our tutorial. We go through the forest and we fight venoms that show up. Um, 
John is the first character. It makes sense for him to be the first one. Yeah. Uh, you learn about it in some ways. Um, he's the shield character, sword and shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a special move called heaven strike, uh, which calls down an AOE. So it's when you're being overwhelmed, mm-hmm. uh, you do this, his shield, uh, attacks in an arc. One of the first things that you want to learn about this game is that attacks will hit multiple enemies. Yes. Um, there so the actual arc of your attack is very important mm-hmm. uh, and then he has a shield uh, which he can put up but it will drain his stamina uh, there enemies walk up to you and hit you yep in this there's no uh, when you're blocking there's no like deflect right an enemy is not pushed away from you or anything they just stand there and keep doing it yeah you know so it ends up feeling a little bit like closing a door on like a flood <laughs> you know good. and like as soon as i open the door you know the door only holds so long but if i open it the flood's coming in yeah like i'm gonna get hit it's it's very it's it's tactilely strange um yeah. that there is no kind of recoil you can upgrade like he you know one of the one of the first abilities that is there for you um imbues the shield with thorns so that anybody that hits you will take um some splashback damage on themselves and you can really crank that up but without a uh, um but without anything that gives you a little bit of extra like breathing room on it it does it doesn't feel like a it doesn't feel like a shield like a piece of metal you would hold up it feels more like a force field <laughs> yeah yep uh, and that, that thorn build works like yeah. you can eventually make that good. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he has a rage ability. It makes him invulnerable and covers him with thorns. So enemies all take damage, whether you're blocking or not mm-hmm. uh, there. Um, as you're moving through, you get your first treasure room, uh, as you're walking through and we run into some more corruption beings. These venoms, mm-hmm. uh, are performing a ritual on these animals using the tree stump as an altar. Um, this is the shrine that we were looking for in the first place, but it's been felled. The tree has been cut down. Yeah. Uh oh. No good. Tree of life. <laughs> yep. So we got to take that back and we have to uh, uh, confirm that, yes, uh, with, at this big uh, family meeting at the dining room table, I like that quite a bit. Um, you know, Grandma Margaret says, like, yes, this is the corruption. Uh, it has indeed come for us. You know, it is flowing down from Mount Morta. So we have to go to the top and, you know, figure out a way to destroy this, figure out a way to stop it. Yes. Uh, it's worth noting that all of the di- like there isn't really dialogue in this game. It's all narrated. Uh, the narrator saying like grandma told them that this was the corruption. Yes. You know, it, or or it was as grandma feared. It was the corruption. Mm-hmm. We don't get, get any characters voices yeah. in this. There's always this distance that lends itself to kind of the fairy tale yeah. feeling of it. Um, so we have to get to the top of this mountain. Uh, to do that, we need to use the sanctuary that's beneath the, the cabin, uh, grandma's bat cave <laughs> down here. <laughs> Uh, all of these gigantic pyramid teleporter crystals mm-hmm. that go around to different parts of the mountain. I love it's very venture brothers. <laughs> like, I don't think there's anything that implies that the rest of the family didn't know this existed. <laughs> uh, but the idea that they didn't know it existed is very funny to me. That was the like, read. Oh, shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was the read like, that I got from that too. Yeah. Just like, she just goes, like, goes to the fireplace and pulls a candle out. Bro. It's like, <laughs> gets a bust of commissioner Gordon or whatever. And like <laughs> heads on down and it's like, why the fuck do I have to share a room with Kevin? <laughs> I, they, they've got so much space here. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, we need to activate the central stone to take us up to the mountain and to do that kind of the MacGuffins that we're doing is we have to go to these three different regions and free these spirits, which will not only help power the, uh, power the central stone, but also kind of reveal some story, uh, reveal what's kind of going on with these gods. Yeah. Uh, starting off with what I think is a, a dumb sounding name, the Kale Depot, Kale Kale Depot. Depot. Kale Depot caves. Yeah. Yeah. Kale Depot. I think that's a bad name. Yeah. Um, maybe that means something cool and meaningful. 
Uh, I just think it sounds bad on the tongue. But it also has um, the the word dip in it. <laughs> yeah, it's real silly. Uh, Fred Meyer, the local department store chain, their brand of value clothing is dip. Like so, they're just like wear dip, and it'll just show like a, a shirt. Are they trying to make a like a play on drip? I don't know what they're trying to do. It just it's, it sounds like an insult. It's it sounds like it's unclear. Unclear. It sounds like a way to get your kids made fun of. <laughs> like if you just send them to school just, head to toe and dip. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, like, hey, dip kid. You know, like it just gives you know you're already wearing the the store brand clothes. Oh. You know, and as a kid who wore a lot of store brand clothes, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I know that kids can be real mean about that kind of shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but these ones happen to say an insult on them. Oh, French onion Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first biome of the Kale Dippo Caves is the Silk Caverns, and we're unlocked to unlock our second character when we get this. Uh, Linda. Yeah. The uh, eldest daughter of John. Yes. Uh, for the whole time, I initially, I thought this was his wife. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yep. Uh, just me being so i kept calling her arrow wife and big shout out to people in the slack who uh, had the grace not to correct me oh yeah yeah uh the uh no, this is arrow daughter yeah his uh you know i i i saw her as a wife too but then who's that pregnant lady and why is yeah. he holding why is he holding her baby <laughs> this is like a mobile game hell thing. <laughs> <laughs> like raise destroy <laughs> you know uh with the baby <laughs> <laughs> god that fucking twitter ex- get furious uh except <laughs> the the weirdest ones are the ones with the little cartoon ladies who are like real hairy and stinky oh, and like, the, oh you mean don't all, brush their teeth and stuff here you mean all of them it's, it's a lot of them <laughs> it's i i've been there's a lot of ones about uh royalty raising orphans yeah is the other genre but there are a lot of them it's like should you shave your legs or take a bath <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Porque no los dos. <laughs> yes, nope. There's only time to do one, and only one of them the boyfriend likes. So, yeah, that uh, I, I can only handle so much of that account. Um, and yeah. my entire career on Twitter is just touching stoves for as long as I can. So. That is 100% true of your career on Twitter. And I, <laughs> I'm surprised to hear that this account is what, <laughs> is what does it. Yep. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> everybody's got a stove they like to touch <laughs> oh man uh so she's she's your archer uh it, it's nice that they give you melee uh and gives you uh gives you range uh at the start uh it's not just you and me who favor her like when i look up videos when i looked up videos to do refresh you know to refresh mm-hmm. myself it was either people using linda to get through dungeons or um if it was somebody trying to uh, take on bosses they would be using kevin because of his dps okay. yeah yeah uh, this just, so the, the play style here, um, Linda is an archer. You, you can fire arrows while moving, mm-hmm. um, doing so straight drains your stamina, however. So eventually you get to the point where you can't, and then you just have to run and make distance, um, has a out of the box special, or you can unlock her first special attack, which is an AOE, mm-hmm. uh, at a distance. Um, this character it's, it's, there's a contradiction, right? So this is the character I was most effective with. Yeah. It's also the character in which is the lowest risk. Yeah. Um, you know, you're always keeping distance from your enemies. Um, so it, it's a really slow, methodical play style, which I usually really like, but I eventually got bored of yeah. in this game. So I ended up having that um, choice that comes up in games sometimes where the most efficacious thing is boring. Yeah. Um, think traps and dead cells. Mm-hmm. That's how Linda felt to me. Yeah. Like if I wanted to prog- progress, I wanted to play as Linda, but you're not like doing 
you're, you're just, you're shooting until you can't, you run away, you shoot until you can't, you run away, you know, repeat. Yeah. There's not very much, you know, variety mm-hmm. to her. As she uh, gets more of her moves, she's also a bard. Um, you can do more things. Yes. Uh, she has an AOE that stuns characters around her, which is very useful mm-hmm. uh, given, you know, that she will run out of stamina. Things will get close. She can stun them and walk away while her stamina yeah. increases. She's very coherent as, in terms of a build. It just wasn't, it's not really her fault. It's the fact that everything is always full of venoms. Yeah. It's always full of venoms. The majority of them will uh, just run directly at you. You know, not all of them. Yeah. yeah but plenty of but them. But most of the. And here's a here's a thing that is a, a pet peeve of mine in games. This this sounds like I hate this fucking game. I think it's like a C plus. It's all right. Yeah. Um. The uh. I think if an enemy is like a bat, mm-hmm. it should take one hit from anything. Uh, you know what? Yeah. That was a you thing. I didn't make a note of this, but now that you say it, enemies do end up getting um uh, kind of damage spongy. And and your your damage increases that you do through your passive upgrades are really marginal. Yeah. Um. You know. You pay eventually. You know. The cost for them increases. You're paying just a ridiculous amount of of uh, gold in this game, which is called Morv. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're 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 spending just hand over fist spending Morv to go from twenty one damage to twenty four. Yeah. Damage. Uh. The way it works is every character has the same damage, but they have multipliers. Mm-hmm. You know that uh, that affect them, and almost all of them are negative multipliers. Yeah. Uh, only the gigantic melee beast guy has a positive multiplier, mm-hmm. and then I think John has a, a flat. It's just times one. So like, what you see is what you get. Yeah. But in with Linda and with all the other characters, you change your damage. You know, from twenty one point five to twenty four, but you're only doing eighty percent of that. Yeah. Which means uh, bat enemies, rat enemies, like things that the semiotics of games teach me should go down easy. All take two hits. Mm-hmm throughout the game like they scale with me scaling my damage i never one shot yeah. basic monsters in this yeah basic attack damage is something that like does not really just move very well in the actual like meta progression you know permanently mm-hmm. but it is something that like the majority of my pickups ended up prizing that um especially you know like like that that was where you got the most boost out of it and i also think that they're really you know for certain characters especially they're really counting on crits being a huge a huge part of that yes but even that is uh you know just every every arrow is a slot machine you know yeah. to decide if you kill this this you know bat in one shot or two yeah a tiny spider yeah you know um yeah there's just a, a little bit of a bummer to me yeah um, it, it's very contrary to how roguelikes usually work because damage is king mm-hmm. in this genre like you always want to prioritize damage i was spending all the more if i could uh on damage and i never really felt like i was making a very big difference yeah that money might have been spent better on uh movement speed or or max health yeah movement speed ended up being the one that i never i never really uh regretted yeah yeah um if she goes to her rage zone she increases her attack speed uh it's really good Mm -hmm. uh and this is this can really uh put a big dent in bosses yeah um this first area is you know just our our gentle introduction zone uh it is a poisonous spider cave um, there are pilgrims that we find that have been captured by the spiders who revive as these walking corpses when you backtrack. Uh, I talked about those. I think that happens too often in this game. Yeah, yeah. I don't like being punished for backtracking in this game about exploration. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it keeps it fresh. It feels like a punishment. Yes. Uh, but you get those basic corruption enemies. Those are going to uh, get functionality added to them as the game goes on. Um, and kind of the ranged enemy for this biome is these uh, these spiders, which will uh, shoot web at you. Yeah. 
Um, they're environmental hazards. These uh, little mushrooms that either pull you in uh, into these spike traps around them or mushrooms that if you hit them, they explode. Mm-hmm. Those can be used against the enemy. That is where you get a little bit of... Uh, not encounter design, but kind of like tactical expression Yeah. in these, like you can, if you find one of those in a choke point, you can draw enemies through them, mm-hmm. hit that and hit them all at once. Like there's, yeah. it's not like it's entirely gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of that. Yeah. I ended up, you know, really liking those when I saw them specifically because it was a different tactic to use. The other tactic that you end up using a lot, which is degenerate play, again, traps and, and dead cells, is enemies can't go into rooms. Yes. So if you find a room, there'll be a glowing door that enemies can't go through, but you can shoot through or attack through. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I abuse this the whole game. Uh, I don't know. It felt like I was meant to. Yeah. I would get such big crowds that I really felt like this was what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was boring. Yes. Same. Yeah. And uh, again, looking at people play, that is also something uh, that is used because you don't want to take damage. You know, even if you could deal with them, you don't want to take any hits because you don't want to take the risk. You need yeah. to save that health for the boss and uh, health pickups are hard to, you know, hard to come by. Yeah. Um, around here is where we start uh, being able to unlock our first extra character, the loathed Kevin um, I don't actually dislike mm-hmm. this character very the much. Kevin. I, 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 I've been talking shit about him because I don't, I don't, this is the one I never grokked. Yeah. Uh, I was never successful with this guy. I was never successful, but I can definitely see how, like how his stuff works together. I just, uh, I never got good with high risk play. Uh, and that's what he is. Uh, so Kevin is, uh, uh, a young boy. Uh, he is, I think, the second the second youngest kid, um, and he really wants to help. You know, he wants to uh, join in the fight. And so uh, the uncle, Uncle Ben, uh, the guy who's been doing your forging, you know, he figures, okay, well, let's you know make you some knives, and you can start uh, start training to use this. Stop trying to be so impulsive. And then over the course of a couple of different uh, cutscenes, like he runs off to kind of do his own little like trial, and then comes back. Uh, when he's back and safe, they realize, okay, it's probably good for us to send our, our youngest boy into the spider dungeon. Yeah, our youngest boy can handle the spiders. There's a thing that happens, uh, I can't remember what it's called in game, but your characters revive when they die. Uh-huh. Uh, then they're, and there's like a little note that implies that it's painful. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's really no risk to sending your kids into the spider dungeon. <laughs> In this, other than that, they don't like it. Other than trauma, I mean, yeah, trauma. Trauma is the only risk. It's you eventually have to go to to Rai therapy or what is, what is the name of the the gods, the prefix for the gods, or Raya therapy. Raya therapy. Uh, you have to go down to the place that does Raya therapy and aromatherapy therapy and acupuncture <laughs> uh, in order to fix your kids. Um, he uh, so he's he's little and fast, low health. Um, his whole idea is that uh, he does more damage as he does more attacks. Mm-hmm. So you, uh, you hit multiple times really quickly um, to up your damage. Yeah. He has a lot of dodges. He has three mm-hmm. uh, dodge charges and uh, he eventually can get a uh, stealth. Yeah. He's out for stealth and does a lot of damage out of stealth. Yeah. Um, and instead of having stamina, you have that frenzy. It builds up your attack speed as well. So it's not like you're doing a whole bunch of damaging attacks. This to me seems like opportunities for critical rolls to a degree. Yeah, maybe. Which is where, which is where all the damage that I got with him, uh, kind of ultimately came from. That's what makes him like that. Plus his, uh, plus his rage, 
which increases his uh, uh, his frenzy, like takes you beyond even the fastest frenzy speed. Um, that and um, the the kind of the stealth assassinate kind of makes this. When I was reading about it, the boss killer. I never, you know, managed to arrive at the boss with a lot in the tank left over uh, to, to you know to do that with Kevin. But I can see how it works. Yeah. It it makes sense, you know. It, it's a it's a complete sentence ludically. Yeah, it just didn't work with my playstyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you're going through this biome, you also do a couple of side quests. Uh, the first one is finding a wolf cub, and you find the herbs that are necessary to heal the wolf cub. This gives you uh, the family dog Riker, a very good dog who will give you a health potion right before the boss. Mm-hmm. Um, health potions just do a percentage of health; they're not full heals or yeah. anything, but still very useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it allows you to save some money because later once you unlock the shop, uh, generally you'll go to a shop before the boss and not having to spend any money to get back to full health is good. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you also unlock the shop, shopkeep, uh, you know, different, uh, people like that are caught in these cages and you have to do like a little arena fight, uh, to, uh, to clear the way for them. Uh, the boss of this first area is the spider King. I like these little introductions mm-hmm. with the narrator saying like, Oh, all eight of its eyes looked on something that would, you know, be willingly walk into its own tomb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. really, really evocative stuff. And I also, I, I think the really the high point of this game mechanically is the boss fights. Yes. Uh, I think the boss fights are really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, really learnable, um, very patterns. Like it has that, uh, very patterns. It has that dark souls <laughs> thing where it's like, I, it was my fault. Like I, I <laughs> yeah, got too greedy. Yeah. My, know, um, my only concern with them is uh damage sponge kind of stuff. Some of the fights outstayed their welcome to a certain degree. Um uh yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And then the other thing for me is that uh too many enemies, uh too many bosses relied on ads. Yes. That uh, bring in minions. That feels absolutely like a co-op consideration to me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it would have been fine uh, to me turned off. Mm-hmm. Like I just wanted to learn the patterns, but in general, I think that the bosses are really well designed mm-hmm. for overhead ARPG bosses. Yeah. Um, so he, uh, he attacks, uh, you want to stay out of reach. He shoots his webs down. Um, he has these ground smashes where he jumps them. You want to stay out of reach of those and then summons little minion spiders. Yeah. Which have range attacks. So you want to take them out as well. Mm-hmm. So it's about kind of playing chicken with them. Like, okay, he's going to smash over here. I, I don't want to be in the you know place where he smashes down, but I need to close the distance and get a couple of hits in before he pulls back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, once you do this, you get the manuscript of precision, which allows uncle Ben uh, to upgrade your weapons. Yes. And stuff. Uh, or a specific uh, allows him to upgrade your crit chance on your weapons. Yeah, it gives you like a new uh, like a new category of upgrade to buy. Um, yes. I eventually stopped making note of which one you get where because I had no idea that was fixed. You know, like what order you mm-hmm. got them in. But like that's how you get those upgrades for the forge for the lab. Uh, you will find uh, Grandma um, examining some runes in certain um, in certain event rooms. You know, she'll be there studying them. Yes. Uh, the next biome for this first world is the Lost Trenches. Uh, this is where they're greedy little goblin guys. Uh, they hunt and capture uh, pilgrims from around the mountain. Yeah. And uh, the goblins are mostly fucked up little dudes, mm-hmm. some of which uh, have bows and arrows. Yeah. So they'll attack from range. Just kind of the introduction of that. This, the little spiders before would hawk loogies at you, but not they weren't turrets. Yeah. It was just their attack. Now we have melee characters with range characters covering them. Mm-hmm. Range characters who will stay in formation too. So they end mm-hmm. up almost being like um, room level threats as opposed to just like dungeon level threats. They will chase you. They're not, yeah. uh, they're not entirely like planted, uh, but they'll almost always shoot at you from a couple of different angles. Um, uh, uh, complicating dodging 
uh, it, while you are also dealing with uh, dealing with the up close mob. Yes. Yeah. Uh, as we go through here, uh, Mark, the oldest son of uh, John and Mary, arrives at the doorstep sick. Uh, the corruption is approaching his sanctuary. Uh, he is a monk. Yes. There. Uh, but we take him in. You know, he is our son. We had to find an herbalist in the dungeon who will, who can cure him. Uh, but unfortunately, the herbalist is gone. We find their ransacked caravan. Yeah. Um, but we get that, and we get a new character here. A character that I really wanted to like more than I did. The mm-hmm. the way his movement, the way his attack affected movement, made him a little bit a little bit of a non starter because he uh, uh, kind of breaks the kiting play. It's yeah. This is this is the melee character I'm most successful with. Yeah. Uh, in the game, but it is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a kung fu guy. Uh, he does punches and kicks. Uh, and they home in on the nearest enemy. He'll do like a little dash yeah. towards them. There's a UI indication mm-hmm. of which enemy is the one that he'll attack. Uh, this is a rare instance where I think it's too small. Yeah, it, it took me uh, a while to this. notice that. It felt unpredictable. Yeah. Um, and then he has a, his special attack is this whip uh, that comes out and grabs and stuns enemies, bringing them towards him and stuns them. Yeah. So they're right in his little combo zone. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I like about him is that as he attacks, he raises armor. Uh, his armor goes up. Yeah. Uh, and this uh, is damage reduction. So he can be in the thick of it a little longer. Yeah. Th- this th- this feels like it really uh, harmonizes pretty well for me because all of his attacks will take you into the crowd. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I guess I never got around to trusting that it would make me durable enough to be in the thick of it. Yeah. It, it It's kind of, he kind of ends up playing as a junior version of um, Joey. Yeah, you know, the, the big the big hammer guy. Yeah, before it plays kind of similar to that. Before I settled on on, a, on Apon, Joey was my guy um, mm. when I did melee stuff. So, yeah, um, he gets uh, some more range for his dashes and more armor, um, and his rage ability just makes his punches better, which yeah. of course it does. Um, eventually, you come across this camp of pilgrims that have been slaughtered by goblins, and you can pick up a playing ball from the corpse of a small girl. <laughs> uh, this is your toy now, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> grandma keeps coming back with treats <laughs> yeah this is just one of those souvenirs uh that you that you can find i, I couldn't tell if that started a quest line i think it's just a tragedy yeah it just it's sad the the venoms are bad yeah um the the boss of this biome is the goblin king and queen yeah um this is a gargoyles mm-hmm. dark souls gargoyles fight you fight one enemy with the same move set uh these swipes and charges and then once that half bar is halfway done you fight two yes um, hers are a little bit different. Uh, she does these leaps instead of charging and she has fire attached. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I think this is a good boss fight. Yeah. Um, I like kiting them both. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice managing them. Yeah. And it's a mm-hmm. tried and true formula at this point. The, the gargoyle setup. It's worth noting, uh, people listening to this, unlike a lot of roguelikes, the boss of each of these biomes is not randomized. Right. And there's nothing to stop you from going back and doing a biome again. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, as far as I know, there's no in-game explanation as to why the Spider King responds. Uh, yeah. Maybe there's just this really, really long line of succession. And eventually you're doing the minority whip. Of the, <laughs> <laughs> like the, the, the spider of agriculture ends up being the boss <laughs> as you slowly whittle down from the top down. The designated survivor. Yeah. yeah that would be a snake <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah, well, that would be a snake. It's okay, <laughs> uh, but the the idea uh, I I don't really like this. If you're grinding up your characters, like you know, I, I've read about this where like if you're playing this to get all your characters up, 
the meta is to fight the first couple bosses over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, fight spider King and goblin King and queen. Mm-hmm. I like these bosses a lot. I didn't want to do them over and over. I, I, I like multiple characters. I liked them in the way where I was like, Oh, that was cool. I want to see the next one. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there, there is a grindiness to this game yeah. or a, uh, appeal to a grind, grind mindset. Yeah. I think. A grind set, if you will, a grind set Yeah, uh, with these guys, S- some, um, something that I should yeah. have said back in the generalities, but related to the structure of the game, the fact that no matter what, after each area, you know, you go back to the, uh, go back to home base and then start a new run means that mm-hmm. you are not disincentivized. Like you are not totally screwed over if you, um, uh, uh you leave it all in the field with a particular boss. Like you can, you know, win just by the skin of your teeth. And that is not a bad feeling because you're going to go back and, you know, heal like you're going to start a new run as opposed to, you know, okay, well, I guess I've got to roll into the next area at a complete disadvantage. Like success against a boss is you just kind of see gets a degree as opposed to in other roguelikes where success is I can beat this and then be in a good position to uh, take on whatever comes after. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is an upside, I think. Yeah. Um, the next thing is Anaidea's uh, Dominion is the next set of this world. Mm-hmm. Um, more tunnels. It's all going to be caves. It's all, all tunnels, down, basically. <laughs> uh, this time with spooky skeletons instead of goblins. Um, and we get a little cutscene of Lucy, uh, the character, starting to show her aptitude for fire magic. Yeah. Um, she was raised by grandmother, mm-hmm. not by her actual mother, because her mother was sick. Uh, when she was born. So mm-hmm. that is why she started learning magic. Yeah. Um, she's setting herself on fire. <laughs> That's very you know? cute. She's trying to cast it's, a spell. Yeah. <laughs> and then John's uh, just there throwing a pail of water on her. It's yeah. really, I, I really like how this starts out. Um, she comes along as a test run, as a co-op player. Yeah. Uh, controlled by the AI before you actually unlock her. Yeah. Really. Um, <laughs> uh she uh, for for me she was not unlocked until um after this until after i beat this area so i don't know if that's pinned did were you able to, to unlock her right away or is that pinned to beating the boss i don't remember when i got her yeah so i i i'm yeah i, do, I just don't remember mm-hmm. when she she happened because i went through and even so I, I didn't want to grind you know mm-hmm. against those bosses but i did go back to old areas with characters because i was trying to Serve for enough avatar strength to get me over yeah. certain walls. Yeah. Oh, it makes know? sense to talk about Lucy as a character now, since we got her introduction. It's just down at the bottom of that header. Yeah. 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 Uh, she's our caster, uh, and her range combat is differentiated from, um, uh, oh gosh, her Linda. bigger sister from Linda. I always want to call her Elaine. Um, maybe because the other son is named Kevin. I'm just thinking of like basic ass names. Um, yeah. Linda's uh, a pretty basic ass name, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to call her something exotic like Linda. Ooh, I want to call her know. something basic like Elaine. No, no. I, I mean, I, I guess I'm just saying I get the basic ass names confused with each other. Linda. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joey. <laughs> uh, so she cannot move when she's casting. Um, and this is a little bit offset by the fact that boy, she's powerful, very powerful. And her special attack compliments her special attack and her stamina, uh, or her, uh, special abilities complement this really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so she shoots out a cyclone, this wind magic that, uh, will hit enemies and draw them in. Uh, it will do damage, but mostly it'll just gather them all up into one spot. So you can mm-hmm. hit them all with your fireballs. Yeah. Um, this is, a her stamina is a mana bar yeah. for this. Um, I, I love this character. This is my second favorite character mm-hmm. after Linda. I had really great luck with Lucy. Yeah. Uh, I did not think that I would 
mm-hmm. because not being able to move and attack felt like a death knell. Uh, the tornado really makes up for it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and eventually you can get uh, other things that complement her playstyle. Like she gets a shield that mm-hmm. will absorb a hit if she's undamaged for eight seconds. Yeah. Um, as kind of an, you know, an oh shit uh, button. Mm-hmm. And then eventually can drop uh, decoys. Yeah. That will uh, will stop and draw the enemies so she can shoot them. It's basically all about distracting enemies so she can hit them without having to move. Yeah. She feels more coherently designed for solo play than Linda does as a uh, as a range character. Yeah. Uh, I like her quite a bit. Very yeah. powerful. And her rage, she turns into a fire elemental, like mm-hmm. levitates mm-hmm. off the ground and shoots lasers. <laughs> it's real weird. Yeah. Well, you know, she's a natural talent. Natural. Yeah. Um, uh, let's talk about elite enemies, elite. Uh, which are a patina of the game over the game. Yes. Uh, that kind of start up here. So really no, you know, outright designed encounters in this. You know, that's an awful lot of just uh, enemies and mix up to mix up determined by which biome you're in and which floor you're on. Um, elite enemies are stronger versions of the enemies. And when I say stronger, what I mean is way more durable. There are two different, two different uh, levels on them, uh, yellow. And then around here is where red shows up. Um, for a long time in the game, red ones are usually the ones that are summoned in by those summoning circles. Uh, and you do not want to let one get in because it will just be a fly in your ointment as you're trying to deal with the crush of the mob. Yes. Yeah. The, um, these have different powers similar to like an Isaac. Yeah. So they'll either summon, uh, extra enemies. They'll summon little, uh, damage spots on the ground, uh, things like that. Yeah. Um, and you usually get a big treasure pinata yes. when you take them out. Um, and they are an emergency. You have to heal. You have to deal with them. Yes. It's not, uh, it's not optional. They'll follow you around like everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, once we eventually get to the end of this, uh, Anai, Anaidaya's, uh, protector here is Nohar, uh, who is a stone golem. Uh, yeah. It's here. It's a big robot, um, big robot golem, uh, straight up from the, uh, Titan souls collection, real Titan souls energy. Yeah. Uh, he has a shockwave stomp. Uh, you have to dodge through. Um, he shoots spread shots. Uh, again, a good boss. Not, mm-hmm. you know, super creative or anything, but fun. Yeah. Fun to learn these patterns. He locks you in in place for a uh, for a while if you end up getting caught by that, uh, by a stomp. Yeah. yeah. Ends up being critical not to. Mm-hmm. Uh, which means you have to keep an eye on your meter. Make sure you're saving a dodge. Yeah. Um, after you complete him, we free a Nadia. Uh, from this crystal of corruption and she comes to live in our basement. Yep. <laughs> uh, like so much Fonzie. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, and she's going to tell us that we get a little story cut scene after we get any of these spirits that tell us about this backstory about the, the family court of the gods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this truth of the corruption, there's a mountain God, Ooh, uh, who nobody knew existed. And he sapped the essence of the three spirits to create a being of corruption, despite the goddess Rhea Dana, mm-hmm. uh, bringing this corruption to the land. So this is, uh, somebody got big mad. Yes. Got big mad. Decided and, to ruin everything. And harness the power of these techno spirits. Like they're like literally like robot ghosts. Yes. Yeah. yeah. He has a ghost that is also a robot. <laughs> Chapter two uh, is us trying to uh, awaken uh, Anai Raya, Raha, who yeah. is the spirit of wind and weather, the yeah. second one. And we are headed into the region of Barahut, 
uh, which is kind yes. of a desert, Middle East kind of place. The first uh, biome is the City of Thieves, uh, which, you know, going around in these. There, there. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, was, that was a pretty fun game book module, City of Thieves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah nothing wrong with City of Thieves. <laughs> um, the uh, Bahar, there's like a lot of lore to these different areas. Uh, yeah. This area is like the cultural center of this world. Yes. Um, no, but probably not the City of Thieves. Right. Uh, I mean, maybe, maybe at once, but now, you know, a lot of scorpions, scorpions and snakes there, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, it's the cultural center, uh, for scorpions in tequila and wallets made of snakes. Uh, it is like a desert palace yeah. or a desert city mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there are scorpions or snakes, uh, and there are thieves, um, who either have these, uh, kind of chunky spear attacks uh, but also some of them uh, teleport. Mm-hmm. So they, they kind of go into stealth mode and will appear behind you to attack. Yeah. Uh, so it's nice to have, you know, that's a nice wrinkle on just a, a thousand dudes walking towards you. Yeah. Uh, and kind of to fill the mindless humanoid uh, kind of uh, angle, in addition to the venoms that you find, you got mummies, then you have a variant on those fire mummies that have like a limited, uh, limited casting ability. Yes. Um, the environmental hazards in this area, uh, are turrets, uh, either spear traps and these fire turrets mm-hmm. that are kind of pattern based. They, they shoot in the Cardinals, mm-hmm. um, and the corruption enemies, uh, the venoms get the ability to create big walls of, of venom. <laughs> Dick. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's pretty obnoxious. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard counter to what you're trying to do in this game, which is create space and run away from enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So you can fight them. So this is, uh, obnoxious and you can get trapped. <laughs> well played. They're learning. So some, yeah, they, some, they are learning. <laughs> some goblins ran ahead. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, Hey guys. Uh, yeah. I hope everybody listening to this knows who venom is like, <laughs> when we say venom. Cause we've been saying, we've been using the word venom as an adjective and noun. Okay. A lot. And, and verb. <laughs> Uh, in this, this episode um yeah if people i i imagine venom awareness has never been higher but like i don't know maybe not <laughs> like a like a monster made out of like a like a big dumb monster goo. yeah made a goo uh like a yeah. like a like a protean goo that can take different forms video game goo yeah <laughs> yeah we're talking about just like slime evil you know the yeah. uh the what's his head uh uh moreau in resident evil 8 Oh yeah, yeah. She brings up venom walls, you know. <laughs> yeah, just gunk. Um, yeah, yeah. These, these little little purple guys going around. Um, yeah, yeah. And then there's the you know like they they start to end up looking a little bit more humanoid. They eventually get clothing, a culture, songs, right songs, folk yeah. ways. Yeah. yeah, they start voting. <laughs> <laughs> Vote purple, no matter who. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, the boss for this first area is the Thief King Azam. Uh, I was a little bit disappointed. Uh, this is super basic. He's pretty basic. Yeah. Uh, just kind of hit and runs you. He teleports around, um, does these combo attacks. Yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of, you know, it's saying these, these blasts of energy out at you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing too special though. Yeah. It just, you know. to, to, to me, it's like he's most dangerous if he, if you are at mid range to him and that's always where he's going to teleport to. So, you know, uh, this was a little bit of a discouragement for, uh, for ranged attack, but like I can run right up next to you and do range attacks. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. His, his little teleport is like dash thing that he does, does a lot of damage. Yes. Uh, so similar to the last boss, there's like one move that is very high priority to dodge. Mm-hmm. Um, other thing, like learning what you can soak and what you shouldn't soak. Yes. is kind of part of this boss. So. Yeah. 
uh, when we get back from the City of Thieves, uh, unfortunately, a big corruption spirit has abducted Mary from her bed. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, so we need to rescue her from the forest. This is a little interstitial uh, forest level yeah. that happens. It's not, we don't go through our basement teleporter. No, no. We just run out into the woods. We pick our character. Um, and this large spirit of corruption um, has been formed by Ooh and is chasing you through the forest. Um, so you need to like run down this long path. I was not really dealing with enemies uh, so mm-hmm. much as this because you're trying to outrun the advancing wall. Um, and this is complicated by occasionally you will reach a point where a wall of energy stops you from, um, uh, proceeding. You need to, um, kill the enemies there until they drop the gems that you need to power the obelisks to clear the, to clear the dark energy wall. Yeah. I I kind of respect this as them trying to mix up the fight thousands of dudes in hallways. Yeah. Energy. You know, I I wish there was a little bit more of this. Mm -hmm. Um, like a chase level is another way that you could within this engine, yeah. Do a different kind of adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This whole kind of chapter of like, okay, now just uh, we're going to force you into this little area. I imagine if you wanted to go back and uh, grind for it, you could. I never like noped out of it, um, but I mm-hmm. like this as like a little dis- disruption to the structure. Yeah. I wish there was a little bit more of this. Yeah. Uh, when you get to the shrine at the end, we find Mary uh, pregnant, pregnant as hell and in a web of corruption. <laughs> uh, and we fight the boss Aziz. Yes. Uh, the three-headed corruption beast. Yeah. Uh, so he will move pretty slowly, and he will shoot these beams at angles, you know, uh, fire like two or three of them out. Mostly this is a fight against his ads and the corruption traps that he drops. These corruption traps will um, accumulate. Like, he'll just keep dropping them, and they will do damage. Uh, similar to the way that you found the gems in those little uh, arenas, you need to get the gems and then activate one of the obelisks to clear the corruption traps away. This also do a little bit of damage and uh, open Aziz up for attacks. Yes. Uh, eventually, though, you, you can't just straight up win this. Yeah. Uh, Grandma shows up and uh, fights the corruption, but she dies. Yes. In order to save Mary and her uh, in utero baby. Yes. So, um, yeah. And, and it's not, uh, you know, this is play, this has consequences for the family. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, we show the funeral, mm-hmm. you know, they sell it as a really big deal to lose this matriarch. Yes. She was the keeper of the lore. She knew what this was when it came down. She had a direct line to the spirits. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of leaves a, leaves a big hole. Um, prior to this, um, we had, uh, uh, been getting some cutscenes about uncle Ben's, um, uh, sending out a letter to his loose ex-wife. <laughs> what? <laughs> his loose dick? No. He went, he, he went and had a secret kid and he went away. No. I know that's not what happened, but whenever I think of a kid just showing up, like it does really feel like he was loose with the spum. You know, Uncle Ben spreads the wealth. Yeah. <laughs> Never call Johnny it wealth. Johnny Cumsey just across all of Morta. Never call it wealth again. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, redistributing wealth is a great euphemism for coming. Oh, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but, uh, like, you know, John had to talk him into it. Apparently, Sheila was this great warrior. Like, hey, we could really use her help. And he sent out a letter. Uh, she didn't She didn't arrive. I about said she didn't come. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 I, do you th- I mean, like, we think fucking Uncle Ben's a generous lover. Yeah. Like, I don't, know, I don't think so. He's drunk. He's got fucking weeks dick left and right yeah yeah um uh, he's canonically a drunk but there's well, a, he doesn't fight with us yeah and, and he has a limp well yeah uh but their but their son shows up when she left she was pregnant with him uh with this big old with this big old baby huey uh yep. god joey's good 
<laughs> It'd be a, bi- a big, big dopey fun guy, yeah. big gentle giant uh, guy. Uh, they, you know, looks in his eyes and he has her eyes. You can tell that, you know, he's family. Uh, and Ben uh, is upset about his ex-wife, but forges a hammer. Yes. Uh, for, for Joey. So he can become one of the guardians. Yeah. Uh, there. Um, Ben and John, uh, father and er, uh, Ben brother and brothers sit down and look through Margaret, uh, grandma Margaret's old le- uh, notes and find a letter that says the only way to appease Ooh would be to sacrifice Mary's child to him. Um, she knew this and was keeping the secret from the family. Yeah. Um, and they decide to keep the secret as well. Yeah. Like grandma's right to keep this a secret. We don't want to tell everybody this, mm-hmm. but they, we can make all this go away right now if we just give up the baby. Yeah. But they're, uh, you know, trying to find another way. Like, you know, grandma thought that there was a way for us to do it too. Otherwise we wouldn't have been fighting our way through these spirits. So mission fighting stays unchanged. Yeah. Uh, now we have access to Joey, the himbo. Uh, Joey is our big tank character. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, has a gigantic hammer that's very slow, but has a huge wedge shaped AOE and does a lot of damage. Yeah. Um, he does damage when he dodges as well. Yeah. He has the one dodge, but he, he does damage where he lands. Uh, and he has the, most, the highest health pool. Yeah. Um, he is meant to take damage. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get in the thick of it, you get hurt. Uh, and you, the idea is you have enough health to where you will last until healing items show up. Yeah. Basically. He's a little bit like the opposite of the monk because as he takes damage, he deals more damage. So it's just, uh, mm-hmm. can't, you know, can you soak those hits and use that to end the fight sooner than other, than otherwise would end? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I generally like Joey. Mm-hmm. I think that this worked pretty well. Um, I really liked being durable. Yes. Uh, cause basically almost any other character, John's a little durable, mm-hmm. but this is the first time I felt, you know, not, not in danger. Yeah. You know, like I could, I could really soak it up. Yeah. The, 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 this felt like the melee character that was best adapted to the, um, uh, to the, the kiting play to me because mm-hmm. that wedge attack that he does with the, um, with the hammer doesn't just do, doesn't just do a bunch of damage. It also gives you a little bit of knockback so you can kind of shape a crowd as you're going around. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He also gets uh, special attacks that deal with crowd control. Um, and then his rage ability, uh, makes him do damage on contact. They know you're going to be rubbing shoulders with uh, goblins and shit. Yeah. Uh, it's good to damage them when they're next to you. Yeah. So I ended up liking Joey quite a bit as a, as a player. Yep. Um, the, uh, after we, uh, we get a little mission to clear this goblin King, this other goblin King from an observatory. So a father and son can work there, mm-hmm. uh, there. And we get a little side quest to help the sun mine materials to repair this telescope lens, uh, there. Uh, we also free, there's, there's a side quest we find in the ziggurat in the second zone. Yeah. yeah. We also free the stone mender, mender to make runes for us. Yeah. So we can, uh, so we can buy those runes to modify our attacks uh, and he'll, yes. uh, he'll show up. It's nice to have a different, uh, different kind of incidents uh, thrown, thrown in there. Uh, like this little side quest that you do where like the sun is mining materials, like you are doing a little escort. This is fine. Like I like the variety. Mm-hmm. Um, when these show up, there's going to be more a little bit later. Um, I also, uh, I didn't put it in here so you can, uh, you can respec, you can use, uh, like a special weird egg, uh, to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to do that. And here's the egg. <laughs> yeah. The eggs are back, baby. You're you're the respec egg specifically. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I haven't eaten an egg in a little bit. Oh. Wonder if I if I'll do that. I'll get new stats. Mm. What would you do, Cole, if you could respec? I, don't, I mean, what would that mean for you as that, a podcaster that, and middle aged American? That ends up being real sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. That isn't personal. Yeah. The, the, uh, it's an interesting idea. Yeah. Like respecs in real life. 
Yeah. Uh, mm. Eventually, nanosurgery will get us there. Click. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is a special event. Uh, you will find like a little portal and you go in and you have to chase down this weird bird with a human face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got one of those. <laughs> Just um, a nightmare creature. Something that I, I wish was true in this game is I wish uh, I understand runes being this like temporary power up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of that, there's that lack of slot, ma- slot machine uh, feeling that we talked about earlier. There's also a lack of becoming a power Katamari. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's because you're resetting after every boss in the story mode It is very rare that I like collected a large collection of cool things that work together. Mm hmm. Happened sometimes, but it didn't happen as much as I wanted. I do not really feel like runes would be overpowered if they just lasted for the run. Yeah. It wouldn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it bothered me a little bit that they ran out. Like I would get triple shot or what have you on Linda, and it was really cool uh, or poison shot, but it would only basically last for a floor. Yeah. Um, you know, a little bit more, but yeah, I, I found that disappointing. Yeah. I, same. Once we uh, get to the boss here, the boss is the guardian of an Iraha. The Scorpion King, um, which is this uh, this cloaked figure. He's got a scorpion tail, summons scorpions, and kind of warps around swiping at you yeah. with his uh, scorpion tail. Pretty basic. This biome is not really hitting high for bosses on me. Like the for- the forest was fine, but this guy was just uh, just a little simple. They're 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 fun to fight yeah. for me uh, without being that impressive from a design. Yeah, standpoint. yeah. Like I uh, and how I'm defining fun to fight with these guys is that. I felt like uh, if I executed it well, I could not take damage. Yes. You know, I like you could dodge everything. I could learn the patterns, mm-hmm. you know, uh, a yeah. minor amount of like Artorias appeal. It, uh, it, it, yeah, it does appeal there. Yeah. Uh, even when they're kind of simple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we free the spirit uh, that was being held by the Scorpion King um, and the spirit and Iraha. Um, shows us that, hey, so this has been a cycle. Uh, sacrificing the child, it would buy you a few centuries of peace at most. So you would just be kicking the uh, kicking the can down the road. Afterwards, uh, Linda runs up and says, hey, Mary's really deteriorating. Uh, Mark can cure her with herbs, but even the trees of Bahara have been corrupted. So we, we can't cure a preg wife. Um, Lucy spots a dragon. Uh, approaching which is strange because dragons are extinct and this is a woman from the north named upon who came to teach us how to fight the corruption this is the character added yeah uh, there and integrated in mm-hmm. uh, and this is introduced us to her last character yes it's kind of this uh shaman person uh mm-hmm. she uses a spear that f- uh, kind of handles like a faster version of joe's hammer uh with this real emphasis on pushing enemies back uh she's a co-op character but i end up like i did pretty well with her because she's a real good like mid-range mid-range attacker i i struggled using uh using this lady yeah uh, i think by this point i was just kind of you know i was a little over it mm-hmm. little eyes on the prize and at this point the kind of elegant touch of making you want to switch characters, you know, through those family perks and through corruption became annoying to me Yeah, because yeah. I just wanted to, to play the game with the character I liked. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so in some ways I, I, you know, I, I appreciate that they added this variety and I imagine this character is really cool for co-op. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she drops, uh, drops glyphs. This is useful for yourself because like you can drop a slowing glyph that'll stop enemies from, you know, making from closing the distance when they come in and just set them up for, uh, for your thunderclap, uh, attack mm-hmm. there, uh, which is, uh, which is pretty good. Um, and, uh, your upgrades are around, uh, kind of like customizing those glyphs themselves, uh, which is, uh, which is neat. Yeah. 
Uh, she ends up having a relationship with uh, Mark mm-hmm. because they are both uh, monks. Yes. She is just a more advanced form of Mark, mm-hmm. uh, of an advanced form of Mark. <laughs> this, is what, this is what Mark devolves into. Uh, she, she's an advanced form of, of Monk. And there's uh, a couple little like relationship things that happen with mm-hmm. the characters. Uh, really interestingly, there's cut content that is uh, Joey falling for uh, Linda, hmm. uh, his cousin. Oh, um, so there's still some stuff that, you know, is in the game about that. Uh, there's yeah. a couple little cutscenes that suggest it, but he used to go further. Yeah. Huh. Uh, in terms of cousin love, which I have no real strong opinion about, you know, uh, I taught very early. That's bad, but also, I don't know. Yeah. Second cousins and stuff. I, I don't know. This is a fantasy I, world. It's really hard for me to get invested. Yeah. I, I don't care that much, but yeah, yeah. So there used to be some cousin love. If you're looking for browsing those tags <laughs> <laughs> Steam. <laughs> yeah. on, on steam. No, <laughs> man, yeah. man, there's Take a lot of, off. there's a lot of hentai games on steam now. Shit. It's, it's all hentai yeah. every, every single time. And then because we've done one or two hentai things for abject suffering, now steam is constantly like, Hey Gary, yeah. got something new for you. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> like, players like you like this. No, fuck you say, no, they don't. <laughs> First of all, there are no players like me. Second of all, they don't. <laughs> he said that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> kill you, but he's not gonna kill me. It's, uh, it's really maddening uh, and gross. Like I follow those, the Twitter thing. That's like the six second preview. Uh-huh. And it'll just be like, you know, pussy choice. Too, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a Sudoku game, but all of the uh, little diagrams end up being vulvas. <laughs> yeah. It's just matching the vol- getting the nine vol- vulvas in order without being able to repeat any of them. <laughs> so, so no pussy. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, uh, I hate hentai. <laughs> Oh, anyway, uh, but yeah, that's uh, that, that, that's that's upon. Uh, I could see her being really good for co-op. Ended up having some fun with her as kind of like a late edition utility player. Yeah, it's cool. It's a cool idea to have a co-op only character. Yeah, or a co-op focused character, mm-hmm. and it's a cool idea to have a co-op focused character that can um, play be played single player. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I've gone super deep on Gungeon, I've never played as the cultist who is the co-op only yeah, character who has a yeah. unique ending and has some unique effects, things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the kind of the area we're going to is called the ruins of old Barra hut, um, mm-hmm. which is like a, it's a section of the city that is just completely overgrown and corrupted. All this dead vegetation, you know, just the life has been blasted from this place. And disappointingly, like not that much in the way of new enemies or hazards that I found just, mm-hmm. you know, they just crank up the uh, crank up the, okay, we're going to throw you the advanced versions of these enemies. Yeah. Yep, yep, yeah, not not a whole lot. The zone three feels at least pretty different aesthetically. Yes. Um, you get a cutscene here of the corruption arriving at the front door of the Bergen's house, so it's encroaching yeah. right up to you. You know, um, and we can find uh, the stargazer, the person we found the the kid for that we did the quest. We can find his remains. Yeah. Um, after this, the stargazer comes to seek refuge at your house to continue his research. So yeah. he's not a playable character. He doesn't unlock a bonus or anything. He's just part of the family now. He's just there. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's our astronomer. Yeah, we got one. Yeah. Um, the boss of this is the prosperity tree, uh, dead Boise. I, I can't, I don't know where the studio is from. And I, I, <laughs> I, I mean, like, like, no, dead, no, I know De- dead Boise is a really, uh, 
dead boys i i really don't know i i does this sound cool does this sound good i see dead boys i'm like oh the town like it's dead yeah it just or or like a gang like the dead boys yeah you know but just spelled in a very online way yeah huh it's um it's not a name that I would give to a tree that'll walk up to you and punch you. I would call that the Pokemon Pseudowoodo. Yeah, Pseudowoodo. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a name for that. It's yeah. He's one of my favorite Pokemon. Uh, this I like this guy, though. Yeah. Uh, he wanders around his swipe attack, and he will, some, it's in his tree, sometimes he'll plant himself in some of these roots, mm-hmm. these little nodes that you'll have to clear. Yeah. Uh, pretty decent boss. Out of these three boss fights, probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, and after you beat it, it leaves behind a seed that'll cure Mary, um, which we do. We cure her, but the stress of this has caused her to go into labor. Yeah. And the corruption altar outside her house uh, kind of opens up because uh, it wants that baby. Ding, ding. Order uh, up. John John grabs the baby, walks out of the front door, and, you know, <laughs> we know that he's not just going to give the baby away. It's, a, it's real grim because everybody's trying to stop him. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah he's just like, and he's taunting him. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, he's just bringing there and just be like, nope, uh-huh. uh, we're not going to give you the baby. Yeah. And the family, uh, the family stands firm in their resolve that this unjust cycle must end. So they rebuke yeah. him from the front door. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just very funny everybody's like what the fuck are you doing john yeah it, it feels like a, a real risky move you <laughs> know because what if this thing has off. a little like venom tentacle that just grabs the the baby have you seen how many you, venom tentacles are in play yeah you don't get this this baby anywhere near the corruption <laughs> you know you don't need to taunt it <laughs> um yeah he decides you know this has to end he's gonna fight uh and we need to get more knowledge yes um we have to find out more about Ooh to defeat Ooh. And uh, to do that, we had to rescue the third spirit, Anai Sarava, yeah. the spirit of dreams. Yeah, by heading into this uh, this region, Terra Lava, which is uh, it's the future zone. Yes. Uh, very hyperlight drifter. Very. Yeah. No. Like uh, just, you know, that kind of connection of old technology and old architecture or like mm-hmm. new technology and old architecture. Yeah. Right yeah. Um, um, but, you know, they've got their own corruption going on um, and the like basic corruption enemy. Now they're full on wizards. They'll do like direct damage spells to you. They'll like put down uh, like corruption traps like you saw in that um, in the previous uh, in that boss fight in the forest. Stuff like that mm-hmm. end up being real problems. High priority targets. And lots of uh, little robots. Mm-hmm. They're fighting little quadruped, you know, uh, technologies guys. Yeah. Uh, and little bipedal robots that just walk up to you because there's really, I mean, an enemy that just wants to walk up and give you a hug. Yeah. Um, the environmental hazards in this zone are ground pounders, which push you away, and mm-hmm. missile launchers that have a uh, will chase you with a targeting reticule. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Always a big fan of the on-screen reticule. Oh yeah, uh, ever since you know, because just a big Battletoads fan. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this ends up being pretty cool because you can uh, kind of like guide the reticle into a crowd of enemy enemies and uh, get out of the way when it stops and the missile drop on them ends yeah. up ends up being a good uh, a, a good boss tactic later. I always like uh, traps that are equal opportunity for the player and the enemy. Generally, that's like the case for a lot of these. 
Um, yeah, they, there's well, there's, it's a case for half of them. Yeah, like I feel like every biome has one trap that will work on everybody, and one trap that'll just work on you. Mm-hmm. Or at least, even if it won't work, like the the push traps are not that. It's not that tactically sound to get an enemy trapped in that. Yeah, it's not that cool. Um, but there's usually something that will work on enemies. Yeah. Uh, the boss of the zone is called Babylon. Uh, this is this geometric machine that floats around, um, keeps a shield around, and does the uh, target reticule thing. Uh, where you, uh, you know, it chases you around. You want to use this against it. Yeah. Uh, you do not want to be anywhere near it when it moves because the, uh, the oversplash from its jets will, uh, uh, kind of create a big AOE around it. So when it decides to move, the entire arena becomes much more, uh, dangerous to you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, once you beat this guy, the corruption, uh, takes over the house. <laughs> Ooh, who's knocking? Yep. And, knock, uh, knock, who's there? <laughs> Venom. Corruption. Corruption. Yeah, Venom. Venom. Ooh. <laughs> Venom. Oh, no. I'm, I, I, I can't do Tom Hardy in that movie. Like, whatever the fuck he's doing is, like, absolutely. It's real. Like, uh, nothing else that anyone's ever done. It's it, it, weird it, choice. He, 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 talks like, he talks like somebody who constantly has a head cold, who was born and has never moved from the exact equid, from the point that is equidistant between Bronx and Queens. Yes, <laughs> he's just over the yeah. over the Hudson River. <laughs> it, it's also like a guy who doesn't know how big and tough he is. Please, the East River. It's like if Sorry. Woody Allen's brain got stuck in Tom Hardy yeah. a little bit, but without all the you know bad implications. Like he's just this little nervy fella, <laughs> just real kind of snivelly. Yeah. Sorry, I said Hudson River when I meant East River. Yeah. Ha- have you watched Venom Two yet? With the scene where he kicks Venom out and he goes downstairs and Venom throws all his furniture and stuff out on the street. <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't uh, it's a it's weirdly not showing showing up as available for rental or at least it wasn't back when i started my marvel watch i would it's, like to see it's it. incredible it's yeah. like 80 minutes long it's so fucking breezy and dumb <laughs> it's really funny yeah uh, i i love those movies so much the yeah. metaverse is so good <laughs> so silly yeah um so uh this this area area 30 um, there are only two like, uh, stages in this biome, mm-hmm. uh, but they make up for that by these being longer. They've got more floors to them. Uh, yes. but we've kind of seen all the enemies that we're going to see here. Uh, this is, this is where I unlocked the black marketeer. Um, and there's some cool side quests, at least two of them. There's the little robot girl that you, uh, can, uh, rescue. Like there are some mm-hmm. bullies. There's some like Chrono Trigger style robo bullying going on. Robolying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, like a little bit later you find her like mourning her dead creator in his lab. So you take her back yeah. and adopt her as a pet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, the, there's a man who we run to as well, um, with this sick girl that's on life support. Um, we have to, uh, rescue him while he's getting this power core for this and then escort him back. He installs the power core as her artificial heart and she dies horribly. I mean, uh, it's one of the most upsetting, violent things I've seen in a game in a while. <laughs> like, it's real weird that he thought this would work. Yeah. And they <laughs> like, there's, there's no cutaway, but like she like wrenches violently and a geyser of blood, uh, like shoots out of her mouth. And then she just goes limp in a contorted, like exorcism of Emily Rose position. Uh, and it's a little yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah, little kid. I, I this is too abstracted for me to have any feelings about. Yeah, that like my mirror neurons are not activated by the violence in this because I, it was it's 
10 pixels it was less that i was affected and like sad with it it was more just like the audacity of it kind of made me laugh because the thing that i saw was so conceptually horrible <laughs> it, it is really weirdly kind of extra grim yeah you know because the, this game ultimately like bad things happen grandma dies there's you know a near near fatal baby sacrifice yeah uh but it's also ultimately a game that is so hope-pilled yeah you know like it it is really uh an extremely uh heart heartened game yeah you know whether whether the individual player is heartened by it is is up to everyone's interpretation but yeah it is about you know working hard as a family and overcoming yeah it's about together like the message for this is very positive yeah uh, the unboss of this is boss zero zero three zero. And this is the room fight boss. It's like a contra thing. Um, yeah. The actual uh, boss that takes damage is this node that's at the very north side of the room, but it's shielded uh, most of the time. It will uh, summon adds to attack you and also raise these uh, missile pillars uh, to attack, uh, which you have to deal with until it lowers its shield and starts spraying laser attacks at you. Just doing these big sweeps. Uh, and, uh, that is when it is vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. So you have to take it when it's shields down. Uh, once we do this and we free that spirit, uh, the spirit says like, Hey, this might be the final cycle. And we get the backstory, which like it's reading it out loud for this makes this sound silly as hell. I mean, it involves divorce. <laughs> it, yeah, it, it is. Well, even, even before that, I was thinking like, Ooh, is an alien. Yes. Uh, that came out of no fucking nowhere. Like I, you know, the gods of this world came in a space pyramid uh-huh. and landed, um, well, this alien just decided he was the mountain God, uh-huh. uh, after he landed. Cause he's a powerful alien. Yeah. Like, there's no divinity to this. The, the theology of this game is really confusing. Yeah. So who is this space guy who comes and declares himself the God of the mountain, which is also his ship. You know, like yes. that's, that's Mount Morta is his pyramid spaceship that descended. He falls in love with Rhea the spirit of the earth, specifically Rhea Dana, her daughter, which has a corporeal form. Yes. <laughs> you know, the Jesus. Yeah. Uh, they joined and he was very good to the creatures until she had a daughter mm-hmm. and who resented the daughter for taking his wife's attention. Yeah. A thing that uh, happens. You know, a, a thing that totally happens. The same thing I, I'm uh, rereading or in finally making a full run at the immortal Hulk. And that's a big thing with the Hulk's dad. Mm-hmm. That's why the Hulk's dad turned to a monster. Yeah. Um, he was being an asshole. So she left him. Um, and his rage and hatred at being jilted is what, uh, caused all the venoming. All yes. the corruption. Yeah. Um, he wants to get revenge on her domain because, uh, she rejected him. Yeah. Big, uh, incel. And it's, it's a real vertical horizon. <laughs> he's, he's everything you want. He's everything you need. You're a, he's everything inside of you <laughs> that you can never see. You're a God and I'm a God. And <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't be any more obvious. Um, yeah. Uh, this, I think is, I like this message of the God. I'm always kind of in the pocket for God just being petty shitheads. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that causing, uh, problems. I do not like that. This ends with her just being like, it's all right. Yeah. Because he got the poison out. Like, oh yeah, you definitely yeah. like ordered all the sacrifices of the babies of those guardians yeah. that I have. Grandma here. died. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> uh, I really, I think that there's, there's not enough uh, justice yeah. in this. And th- with how hope-pilled the game is, again, yeah. I think that it, it makes sense. You can't keep getting uh, away that, with it. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, <laughs> they're not going to, you know, end the cycle of violence with punishment Yeah. in this. At the same time, it ends up feeling like a really easy forgiveness. Yeah. Uh, to me. Pretty pat. Yeah. We're not, we're not quite there yet. We have this little end game bit. Yes. Um, first. Yeah. 
So uh, the three spirits, they activate the uh, Sanctuary Crystal, which take us to um, the boss arena, you know, right at the top of the mountain. Uh, and Ooh appears in his humanoid form, kind of like a large, almost like Leonine kind of figure, uh, mm-hmm. you know, shrouded in this corruption. Um, and you choose the family member that you're going to play as, and the others, like, walk up alongside the arena and, like, shine their life gems at the panels. I don't know what they're doing besides just kind of, amb- you know, ambient light. No clue, mm-hmm. but they're just there. Um, and uh, you do the whole first part of the fight uh, against Ooh yourself. Yes. Uh, he kind of teleports around. He shoots blast of these uh, projectiles in chaotic patterns, um, eventually summoning dudes and putting out those uh, slow-moving crystals that kind of circle around him mm-hmm. as options. Um, when you uh, when he nearly dies, he casts you into darkness, into a dark realm. And he's protected by a circle of the spirit. You have to follow this around uh, to the other family members to revive them. Yeah. Uh, so they can all join you in killing you together. The whole family at once. It's basically uh, just a cutscene. <laughs> it is basically, but it, it's, it feels like it follows the game to me. Oh yeah. Like no, this, this I, feels like the only way this could have ended. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's, inc- it's incredibly satisfying. It's just, it is funny that it is a fight that you can control when everybody's just wailing on this guy. It made me in a ludo narrative way. I was like, why didn't they do this every time? Oh, that would be so effective. <laughs> yeah. They, they could have just all went and put all their, you know, leave somebody to watch grandma and then put everybody else on the case, <laughs> you know, instead of all spending all the time reading and tending her plants, practicing the violin. <laughs> like there's a mountain God who's a, a real angry, big, mad divorced dad. Mm-hmm. And he is going to uh, kill everybody. Yeah. You know, all hands on deck. Bergson's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you stomp him. And uh, we get yeah. into the, we get into the uh, the ending here. Um, you know the the corruption slips off of Vu. You know like the corruption has been defeated, but leaving the host uh, there and he's alone. And that's kind of the thing that he was always afraid of, right? After Rhea Dana left, and then we see this door open up, and Rhea Dana approaches, uh, walks out, and you know casts the last of the corruption out of them, and they fly up into the cosmos and explode. Yeah, she forgives them, and they become a star. Yes. In this guy. I do not know why she forgives him. Like yeah. she does get rid of the corruption, but the corruption is supposed to be his hatred and anger of her. Mm-hmm. And like you said it earlier, like he just gets it out. Yeah. Like let the baby have his bottle, but the, the baby's bottle is the health of the land and many lives. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's uh, it doesn't quite pass the sniff test for me in yeah. terms of, you know, being forgiven. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we're just left, you know, a family left exhausted was now more complete than before. You know, it had brought all these far flung members of the family back together, even though they had lost the grandma, they can now, you know, continue living together and we get these quaint scenes of daily life. They've caught, yeah, common cause. Yeah. You know, and, uh, we get this little narration at the end, you know, this was not a tale of heroes and villains or of good and evil, but family, uh, above all else, a tale of love. I understand what they're trying to do by making Mm -hmm. the gods reflect that as well. Yeah. Uh, there, we just didn't get to know them well enough to me. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the easiness of, um, <laughs> of Rhea Dana taking, taking back. Ooh, uh, kind of undercuts that just a little bit, but with the family, it's absolutely there. I do. Uh, mm-hmm. it's very sweet. I, you know, it's, it's not something I've seen a game do very well before. Um, yeah. and you know, in this, in this particular kind of way. And, uh, you know, I'm not here for the mechanics on this. Like I, you know, the roguelike side of it and the Diablo crowd kiting kind of thing, both don't necessarily work that well for me. 
Um, but uh, aesthetically and, you know, from a story and, um, you know, theme and, you know, play kind of angle, that all lines up pretty well for me. I'm happy something like this exists and I can see the appeal for somebody who might be a little bit closer to the uh, the center of the Venn diagram on that. Yeah, I, I think it... Uh... Two things I was thinking of after I beat this. One is I think it earns its hope. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's hopefulness, which is pretty rare. I get really annoyed by games uh, that are tender core and are like, wouldn't it be nice if everything was good? Yeah. Um, as kind of a, a starting place or an ending place. I think that's limp. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this game does it better than most. You know, it's not the kind of thing that ends up feeling incredibly resonant to me, probably just because of my own fucked up your relationships and family, mm-hmm. but it is the kind of thing I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, and this shows its work mm-hmm. with that. Um, I think that's great. The other thing I was thinking is that this game, if I was more given to this, this game would be a thing where, and I'm not projecting this onto anyone else. Other people had different experiences with it, but where this could really boil away, um, the feeling of play or the, the feeling of, uh, sorry, boil away. The things are annoying. And my memory would just be thinking of this good time I had with this sweet family. Yeah. You know, yeah. So like a lot of people look back on all kinds of games from their childhood. I have a hard time doing that. And part of the, the, the show is going back to those things and, and evaluating them with clear modern eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, this game would lend itself really well to that yeah. for me. If I were, if I were like, I know other people who play it are just like, yeah, the play is just very compelling. Like it's, yeah. it's just very fun in the hands. I didn't have that. Yeah. It was okay in the hands, mm-hmm. uh, but very rarely, like I was for a roguelike, I was being led along by the narrative. Yes. Uh, which is rare, but it, I would be lying if I said I wasn't happy to put it behind me. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, when it was over, like, I, I'm not going to go back to this. I, I don't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't that fun to play for me, mm-hmm. uh, purely as a function of genre. Yeah. Um, did you say, but it sounds like you're going to say something in this. No, yeah. I, I said, I, yeah, it, 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 it was, it was more just an implied. I, I'm not going to, you know, I liked it, but I'm not going to go back to it. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Julia. Thank we you. appreciate you so much. If you want to, uh, suggest a game or rather sponsor a game or just get some bonus episodes of this show and many other shows, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash duck TV. Um, there you get those bonuses. Uh, you can, uh, if you have thoughts about children of Morta, um, Castlevania two or control, uh, the deadline is a little bit sooner this month, uh, because Gary's mm-hmm. moving. Um, if I'm you moving, baby, <laughs> if, if you're keeping track, we've been doing the show for 11 years and it's probably the 11th time I've moved. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh. It's a hell. <laughs> I, I, I would die. I, w- I would die if I moved as much as you did. But the way it is that this will, uh, this will be a little bit more permanent. Uh, the deadline is the twelfth uh, for this month on those. Yes. Um, you can also leave us range reviews on Apple Podcasts or Podcast Addict. That's really appreciated. Um, as mentioned in the dispatch last episode, we're going to try to put some attention mm-hmm. on some people who are not just straight white dudes like ourselves uh this episode i'd like to draw everyone's attention to a musical project uh from mateus silva um from brazil uh this is a band called tio and the cosmic neighborhood um they do these kind of bossa nova lo-fi video game uh songs that are really infectious Hmm. um paired with these animations um that are it's not quite a music video it's these like looping very charming animations yeah it's like a little Uh, visualizer kind of thing yeah it's real cool. Yeah. Uh, the songs are cool. It's not a genre that you get a lot for mm-hmm. me. Like 
Bossa Nova actually kind of rocks. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of real good, even though I don't really listen to to me. That is a setting on a Casio yes. keyboard because I was born in America, but uh, hearing fully produced music that is taken as an influence, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, real good stuff. So check them out. Uh, that is Tio and the Cosmic Neighborhood. If you are a non-straight white dude and you want us to give a shout out uh, and draw some attention to your project, uh, give me an email at gary at duckfeed.tv. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's, it, this is a new thing to the format, so I don't know how to segue away from it. Sounds like <laughs> there's, we can't, it's just, it's just end segment End segments. Yes. Um, the, uh, new segment begin <laughs> new segment begin. Uh, Oh, we didn't say it. If you're going to write in, go to duckbeat.tv slash contact, uh, click the WAF button and write in about, if you're going to write about multiple games, please write multiple responses. There we go. Yes. There we go. There's this. I'll, I'll save that for the end of each of the, uh, we also don't have a name for that segment. Uh, we'll have to come up with something good. The, uh, all the names I have for it are things I'm, like sound like I'm stealing them from Thought Slime, who is where I stole the idea from. Yeah, yeah. So like Solidarity Corner and stuff like that. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't need a name. We're we're just gonna ha- we're gonna try to draw some attention. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And uh, we appreciate everybody listening. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and until uh, next time, what can they watch out for? Until next time, watch out for each other. Mm-hmm.